Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Eight four more years of Obama intensified. And that's just, I don't think we would get, uh, I don't know. I don't know what we yeah. look like afterwards. But anyway. Well, it, I, it is sad. Go ahead. The U.S. The U.S. Is, is our friends up here in Canada, and uh, we rely on you for trade, for military, and, and just basically because you share the same values as us. So, yeah, we, we don't want to see Hillary, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, amen. Well, um, final sentence, you got about a minute, and you got about a minute. Yeah, okay. I, I think the point to emphasize is that our group is nonpartisan, okay? We actually have socialists. We have left-wing, right-wing, centrists. And they are people who truly care about the world, but do it on a scientific basis. They're not afraid to look at inconvenient facts. They're not allowed to actually say things. They're not afraid to say things that are true. And I think that, you know, you have to remember, I mean, my father passed away just a few months ago at the age of 95, and he said, look, Tom, he says, we lost many of our lives in previous generations defending your freedom. If you're so afraid to speak out because of criticism, then what did we die for? You know, what were we doing fighting for freedom? And you won't even speak out. So he's very happy that I am speaking out. And he says to other people, use those freedoms that we fought and died for. Yeah, amen. That very well put. Well, brother, thanks for being on with me. And- uh, may have you back on again sometime. I'll keep your number. So you be blessed, brother, and thanks again for your work. Okay, Pastor Don. Dan, thanks very much. All right, you be blessed. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Well, folks, <clears throat> yeah. folks, that was Tom Harris. His website is climatescienceinternational.org. Of course, on the, wherever you find us on podcast, it will be in the other site that he mentioned. And go to Pajamas Media, pjmedia.com, Monday, and check out his article. Of course, we still call it by Pajamas Media, but most people know what that is. Folks, I also want you to pray about uh, Hope at the Wichita Mission Church. Um, we really do need your help. We also need donations for radio. If you send a donation for radio, make sure you mark it as radio. And uh, we sh- are needing some things. We're trying to switch over to video. In order to do that, we need a few things. And everybody wants us to switch to video, but we need uh, some funding to do that. You know, so pray about it. We need camera and a couple other things, and so just pray about it. But really, we must remember there is only one God. He is your father. He is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. His son is Yeshua HaMashiach. He gave his life for repented sins, and he rose after three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. Through him, and only through him, is the way to the Father. He was asked for a sign. What would that sign be? And that was the sign that he was given. And that was the sign indeed that he did. Now then, also remember the feasts are coming up this next month, starting with Rosh Hashanah and going through to the season of our joy, the Feast of Tabernacles. I hope you all and pray you all get a tabernacle someplace. And, yes, you should make donations to the poor for tabernacles. Uh, pray about it. If you wish to make a tabernacles donation from the size branch, 
make sure that you write on it for tab for the Feast of Tabernacles for the season of our joy. Pray about supporting Wichita Mission Church. Lord our God, Father, King of the universe, asking Yeshua Hamashiach's name, that, Father, that you would bless them and keep them, and that your face would shine upon them, and that you would be gracious to them, Father, and give them peace like no one or nothing else can. Until next Thursday, this is Pastor Dan saying goodbye and shalom. You've just heard the Messiah's Branch broadcast featuring Pastor Dan. To contact Dan on the Internet, go to messiahsbranch.org. To write to Dan, send a note to Messiah's Branch, 230 West 4th Street, Florence, Kansas, 66851. Tune in next time for Messiah's Branch. function properly. Pure is the cleanest water, also known as distilled water. Some frauds pushing fake science and ignorant people repeating their disinformation and half-truths will tell you distilled water leaches minerals from the body. What they fail to tell you is distilled water only attracts and flushes inorganic minerals from your body. These are minerals your body cannot process and can interfere with your proper body functions. Distilled water does flush these inorganic materials from your body and is an effective and natural way to cleanse your body. ABR sells a distiller that distills one gallon every three and a half hours. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com, click on the Superstore, go to the distiller, check the pricing and how to order, and watch the video explaining in detail why distilled water is pure water. Studies have shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. 
Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific. Radio Network is heard on Galaxy 19 at 97 degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices. Prices have increased over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see these trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, Zimbabwe all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971, when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit Discount Gold and Silver Trading at DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 800-375-4188. Protect yourself and your family. You just defended yourself with a gun. The police are called, and you're potentially involved in a homicide. But it was self-defense. At this point, you are not in your right mind. No one ever is when they are in fear for their life and defend themselves. Anything you say can and will be used in a court of law, both civilly and criminally. Fortunately, you have SelfDefenseFund.com. We are the National Association for Legal Gun Defense, and we protect our members nationally in all 50 states, up to $1 million per incident per member. Let us do the talking for you and visit SelfDefenseFund.com. Any weapon, any state, any time. Maintaining your home air conditioner is just as important as maintenance on your car. You don't know the big difference there's going to be until you've had the work done. I thought my system was working fine, but now it's better than ever. Galen Beattie did it for me, and he'll do it for you. Good servicing will not only keep your system performing well during the sweltering summers here in Houston, but it will save you money year after year. In my case, it cut my AC power consumption by 20%. Do what I did. Have Galen Beattie set up regular AC maintenance to cut your energy bill and prevent system failure at the worst time. And what's better than being comfortable and saving money? Whether you need a basic tune-up or it's time to put in a new super-efficient system, you should call BDAC, 281-222-9591. That's 281-222-9591 to schedule an AC system tune-up. BDAC and Heat. That's B-E-E-D-E-A-C and Heat.com. BDAC and Heat.com. Here's an important message from Vita Scientific. If you have high blood sugar or type 2 diabetes, these are serious medical issues that require immediate attention. Did you know that it's possible to actually reverse high blood sugar and diabetes by using simple, natural products proven to balance your blood sugar? It's time to do what I did. Take control of your life. 
Vita Scientific's clinically tested formula will help you to feel healthy and energetic. These breakthrough supplements, along with small changes in your diet and exercise plan, may be the answer you've been looking for to set you on the path to optimal health. These products will not interfere with your current medical treatments, so start getting excited about feeling great again. Please visit VitaScientific.com or call Vita Scientific at 210-520-8432. That's 210-520-8432 to learn more. Tell them Doc Green sent you and get 50% off your first order. Call now. TV and radio are great mediums for mass instruction, but for those times when you just want to hold something in your hands, there is the damn good times. I still love the newspaper, but I'm tired of the liberal bias. That's why I reach for the damn good times. Always full of interesting stories and great information, and you can have it delivered to your doorstep by calling 281-332-5710 or sending an email to news at thedamngoodtimes.com. Just $50 a year will get a full subscription. It's a great gift for all the patriots you know. Do now. As you know, this is the final stage in your examination. It's a rather informal test in which we try to get some line on your ability to think on your feet. Your reaction to stress, pressure. Clear your desk. Get your number two pencil ready. If you are ready, the Inquisition is about to begin. Nobody expects the Spanish Inquisition. If you have questions, please refer them to the chat room and make them good. Go ahead. Make my day. Ask yourself one question. Do I feel lucky? Well, do you, Bunk? Live from Houston, Texas, a man who calls it like he sees it, without the normal political correctness he may have grown comfortable with. It's time for the Texas Perspective on Current News and Events. The show is not for the faint of heart or easily offended. Chances are you will learn something and along the way get to hear some great music from bands you may have missed. The doctor is in and he will see you now. Well, I guess we better get on with it. And getting on with it is what we do here. Raising Elephants Radio and American Voice Radio, the Doc Green Show. Oh, boy. You're, uh, let me see if I can get Facebook live here. What a day. What a day. The Doc Green Show is live and on the air, and uh, we've got a lot of stuff going on. So we're going to start with some of the uh, national stuff before we get to some of the local stuff, and i got plenty of local stuff. But uh, one of the things that happened is up in Oregon, we had a Turkish Muslim terrorist that uh, went off the deep end and killed a bunch of people. No big deal there. That happens all the time, right? But where on the news is it being reported that this guy was a Turkish Muslim? And the answer is, well, it's not really being reported that way anywhere. No, they're still saying we have no idea why this young Muslim male would ever do such a thing as to kill all these people. It just makes no sense to us at all. And so uh, they just they just have no answer. They, they've got no answer at all as to why this is happening. And so I'm here today to help you 
with uh, what she already knew. This is a terrorist event. This is a Muslim terrorist. A young Muslim terrorist went into this mall and shot everything up. He killed five people. Five people. It's that simple. It's nothing more and nothing less. Now, I know they're trying to frame it like, well, this really wasn't a terroristic event. This is just simply your run-of-the-mill, jilted lover going in and killing his girlfriend and all of her friends. In this case, work associates, because we don't know that they were friends. That's nothing more serious than that. But the point is, what we have going for us here, guys, is we have a situation where lawlessness abounds. And to whom do you give the credit for that? Well, I think you have to give the credit to that for, to uh, one, Hillary Clinton. Yes, Hillary Clinton is Barack Obama's sidekick, as you will. So, um, I don't care about that. Let's fix that. Let's just get rid of that. That's not what I asked for. There we are. Let's try that. Hillary Clinton is Barack Obama's sidekick. And what she and Barack have been working on for the last eight years is creating a race war in America. Starting a situation where it's going to be black against white. It's going to be uh, everybody against everybody else, in, a set, in essence. And that's what they've been trying to do, and they've been very successful at doing it. So now this is what we have. We have an actual race war going on in America. We have a situation where because of the leadership of Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton, all of our athletes now refuse to stand for the national anthem because America is so horrible on black people. Who do you give that to? You have to give that to the Democrats. You can't give it to anyone else. It has to go directly where the credit is due, and that is the Democrats. This is what you get with eight years of Democrat leadership. Oh, I know the Republicans got problems, and trust me, I can talk about Republican problems all day, and I probably will on another day. But I'm not going to talk about that today, because the problem we have today is absolutely nothing less than extraordinary. And this is all created by Hillary Clinton. Hey, Tex, good to see you there, buddy, in the chat room. Hillary Clinton and her sidekick, Barack Obama, set out to destroy America. That's why you saw that uh, campaign poster that uh, they put out together, Barack Obama on it, says, I put America in the toilet, vote for Hillary, she'll pull the handle. That's why you see those everywhere, because that's the truth. They set out to destroy America. They have successfully done that. And now Hillary is up there saying, well, I know that we've got a situation where none of the athletes will stand for the national anthem. I know that we've got a situation where black people are killing other black people. I mean, a dime a dozen in in Chicago and places like that, not to mention Baltimore. That's right, Tex. Hillary for prison and indict Obama. He should be. There's a reason why Barack Obama has had a naval officer looking for a house for him in Kuwait. He wants to get out of town the second he's out of office because he knows it's not going to go well for him. And there's Jim Black with Angel Eyes over Texas. I'll give them a free plug. If you are involved in a 
Child Protective Services matter in Texas, or probably just about anywhere, talk to Jim Black, because Angel Eyes over Texas and Jim Black, those are the guys that really know how to deal with Child Protective Services. So we've got the situation right now. Now I'm going to talk about the shoot out there in North Carolina. I've watched the video. It was a bad shoot. It doesn't matter to me that the police chief is black. It doesn't matter to me that the the officer that shot the black uh, guy was black. What matters is that the black guy that got shot wasn't doing anything wrong to speak of. The black guy that got shot didn't deserve what he got. you got three cops. Their guns are out. They are on target. Their finger is next to the trigger. And allow me to demonstrate that for those of you on video. You see my finger placement right there next to the weapon. You see how that is. That is how the the police officers are, and they're looking like this. I'm not going to aim it right at you. They're looking at it like this. They've got it on target, like right now. You know, I've got got it on target. I've got the, the Hillary Barack Obama wanted poster in my sights. I'm on target. I've got time to work with this situation. Because the guy that I'm pointing this at is standing up, his hands are at his side, and he is slowly backing up. Which indicates to me he's probably been arrested before. Because he's slowly backing up, you see. And most of the time, the cops say, okay, back up slowly, put your hands behind your back, we're going to cuff you. Okay, well, I believe that's what he was getting ready to do. But he didn't make any moves. He had not gone for his weapon. I do not see his weapon displayed anywhere. And so that's the situation. I'm on target. It's going to take me one millisecond to move my finger to the trigger and pull it. One millisecond. How long is it going to take him to get his gun up and get onto a target? Well, it's going to, let's say he had his gun in his hand, and the video is not conclusive, but let's say he had his gun in his hand. It's going to take no less than one full second to get that gun up to the high ready position. So I'm a police officer. I am trained. I'm used to dealing with stress. And because I'm a police officer and because I'm trained and I'm used to dealing with stress, I have already done this analysis in my mind. I already know that it's going to take me one millisecond to get my finger on the trigger and press it. It's going to take him at least one full second. That is, 100 milliseconds to get that thing up and get it into action. I am in command. Thanks, Ben. Getting some compliments on my on my car 45 here. It is a beautiful piece, is it not? It was a gift from my sons. So I'm in command in a situation as a police officer. I'm the trained person here. I'm dealing with a thug, maybe. We don't know he's a thug yet. We haven't actually checked his ID. We don't know if he's got any wants or warrants. So I'm dealing with this very carefully, and I've got time to make decisions. This guy is backing up slowly, and the next thing you you know is bam, 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 bam. Four shots are fired. The guy goes down like a sack of potatoes. He's deader than a doornail. Let me change that. The guy goes down like, like Hillary, and he's deader than a doornail. You see my point here, guys? It's a bad shooting. The cops fired. They had no reason to be firing. They had plenty of time. Everything was in their command. Everything was under their control. 
no excuse for what happened. So I was originally backing the cops on this. I was. I said, hey, black thug, black police chief, black cop, there's no question this guy deserved to get whacked. And then I saw the video. Not to mention you have his wife coming up saying, don't shoot him. He's got a brain injury. You know, give him a break. All of that's going down. All of that's happening at one point in time. It shouldn't have happened. It's a bad shoot. The same thing goes for the one up in Oklahoma. Female police officer scared to death of large black men. The guy is backing up. He does not have a weapon. The window was rolled up on the car. There's no possible way that he was going to shoot those cops. Same exact deal once again. You're on target. Takes you one millisecond to get to that trigger. That guy's got to draw his weapon, bring it up, and get, bring it to bear, which for most people takes almost two full seconds. And uh, <laughs> I love me some gun porn. Now, I'd be gun porn if I had the redhead in here. So, yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Anyway, my point is two bad shoots. These could be fixed with better training. I hate to say it, the police officers failed here. The police chief failed here. That's just the way it is. It's the truth. I wish it was different, but that's what it is. Now, on to today's shooting, since Matt Murphy has brought it up. Right here in Houston, this morning, active shooter, Active shooter down in the West U area. Don't have all the details on this one, guys, but I did go down there. I did go down there. I shot a photo. I put it up on my Facebook page because I wanted to bring you the news. But apparently, according to this, a disgruntled Houston lawyer decided to go on a shooting campaign which wounded nine people before he was fatally shot by the cops. Acting Police Chief Martha Montalvo said one victim was critically wounded and five others required hospitalization after the man opened fire at passing cars near the West U area of Southwest Houston. Now, I should point out about West U here. I have a lot of friends that live in West U. There's not a, there's not a house in West U you can buy unless it's a tool shed for under a million dollars. Westview is prime property. They call it Westview because it's on the west side of Rice University. So it's a really nice area of town, but we also have to understand that the uh, Agenda 21 people have built a lot of low-income housing in Westview, and they've done this because they want to make sure that uh, rich people are not allowed to live in a neighborhood enclave of their own. They want to make sure that there are plenty of poor people and a good share of thugs in the area. But in this particular case, uh, the suspect's Porsche is being scrutinized by the bomb squad. She said the man's apartment was also being thoroughly searched. Residents of the local condo were being asked to shelter in place for several hours after the investigation was active. There are no reports of other gunmen. Several ambulances and emergency vehicles have responded. So... Um, 
Local resident Jennifer Maleda, age 45, who happens to live in the same building, said she heard the shots at 6.12 a.m. just as her husband was leaving for work. Moments later, she heard her husband's Mustang screeching, and apparently out of control, she called him, and he said, I'm hit, Jen, I'm hit. The car had two bullet holes in the side, and her husband was rushed to the hospital, where he is okay. He was shot, but he's okay. Local resident Lee Williams, 55, said he tried to direct traffic away from the shooter, telling Associated Press um, she heard, said local resident Lee Williams, 55, said he tried to direct traffic away from the shooter, telling the Associated Press he heard at least 50 gunshots over a 40-minute period. So whatever cars were going by, he was shooting at them. Eduardo Andrade, 42, Told the use the Chronicle, he inadvertently drove his Audi A3, I told you this is a nice area of town, into the middle of the active shooter scene, but was not wounded. He said, I covered myself and accelerated, tried to get out of there. He's driving an Audi, so acceleration was no problem. He said, I did not know if someone was following me or trying to shoot me. It's so random. I mean, think of it. If I was driving a little faster, a little slower, and the bullet was a slightly different trajectory, I might not be here. Antoine Wilson told the Associated Press he found himself driving into the shooting scene after dropping his girlfriend at work. He fled to safety, but could literally hear the gunfire flying. Several blocks of the area were closed off. Some of the vehicles in the area were parked with bullet holes or shattered windshields. Uh, Greg Abbott had already tweeted out, please keep these victims of the shooting in your thoughts and prayers. God bless Greg Abbott. Turkey. Uh, Senator Ted Cruz tweeted similar sentiments, said, Heidi, my prayers are with you in this situation. So, um, guys, it was a pretty exciting time today in Houston. Oh, and I am just getting started. Let me see if I can get this audio here for you. Tony, who was having issues with his law firm, and police found that he um, had several guns, several weapons in his home, that there are weapons also inside his black Porsche here you see on the street parked outside. Uh, and that is why uh, the bomb squad has brought in this robot to take a closer look inside because, again, still trying to see if there are any sort of explosive devices or anything like that that can cause more harm in this neighborhood. The interim chief telling us that a uh, total of, if I counted right, nine people injured, but six transported to the hospital, three treated and released on the scene. So there you have that report, guys. Um, yeah, pretty serious stuff here this morning. Now, I'm going to wait till after I get back from the break, but I'm going to talk about my near brush this morning. We just made the gas. I almost, almost ended up downtown in jail this morning. And it's because I refused to bow down and kiss the glove. Oh, Ben said, wow, that's loud. Sorry, it looked like it was quiet, so I cranked it way up. Tex said, while he was reloading, they should have put some distance between them. And Wilbur Witt has checked in, by the way. He had a six-shooter, a wheel gun, and he shot nine people. Wow. It's also being reported that he had a CHL. Well, that would be interesting because it's been a long time since anyone with a CHL ever hurt anybody. My Dutch checked in. He said not only he also had a brain injury, and he's a convicted felon who did time for, you guessed it, shooting at police during a traffic stop. <laughs> well, now, if that's the case, he could not have had a CHL, could he? 
Rodney says, as a former police officer, vendor training always works, but I can never say what a bad sh- I can never say what a bad shoot shaped by video mainly because I was never there, especially when it's coming from a news agency. Well, Rodney, I, I understand that, and I don't trust the news agencies at all. But I have done shoot no shoot simulators. In fact, you can see some of the video of one of those uh, events. On Vimeo, if you look for Doc Green or SelfDefenseFund.com, because I'm broadcasting to you from the SelfDefenseFund.com studios. Use promo code DOC, by the way, and you get a free month. But uh, that aside, I know what it's like to be in a shoot-no-shoot, and because of the extensive training that I have had, I know exactly how long it takes to do these things. So, uh, anyway, uh, Matt Murphy... I hope that answered your question about that shooting. It was uh, it was an exciting, exciting deal today. There's been a lot of fallout on the taxation issue. When I come back, we're going to talk about that as well on the Doc Green Show. Now is a good time to share that link with your friends. All you got to do is right there underneath the video, Ken Banky. Uh, just uh, share that link. Ken Banky is a fabulous drummer, by the way. Plays with a friend of mine. Lisa Doby, good to see you in there as well. Um, it is also with great sadness I want to bring to you uh, the uh, former keyboard player for uh, the Blues Other Brothers and occasionally the Green Brothers Band, uh, Dr. Sandy Tomaselli, has passed away. He'd been ill for a little over a year. But uh, Sandy was one of the... Top three rated black belts in America a few years back. One of the top three. He's worked in movies with a lot of people that you know. And uh, gave me the inside scoop on who can do it and who can't do it. Um, a genuine great guy. He was a Coast Guard weapons specialist. Oh, my buddy Alan's checked in there, too. Alan Richards, one of the absolute finest guitar players on the planet, guys, has checked in. He and I used to play together in the Becky Fender band. An amazing guitar player. If you ever get a chance to hear him, I would go. So uh, Sandy was a weapon specialist. He was an amazing organist, pianist. He used to play with a guy named Roy Head. Some of you guys may remember Roy Head back in the 60s. had a hit called Treat Her Like a Lady. No, Treat Her Right, excuse me. Treat Her Right. And Sandy was also, well, he's weapon specialist in the Coast Guard, master chief in the Coast Guard, former constable, former sheriff's deputy, and he was a chef. Yes, he was a chef, an actual degreed chef, and he used to do catering. Made the best chocolate cake I've ever eaten in my life. There's only one that even comes close, and that's at Benji's uh, restaurant, and you can get the cupcakes at local foods here in Houston uh, that Benji's mother makes. But next to Benji's mother, Sandy Tomaselli, Ph.D., made the best chocolate cake I've ever eaten in my life. Well, he has passed on. And uh, the funeral's going to be on Wednesday. So that's, uh, I'll be there. We'll still be live Wednesday afternoon, most likely. But uh, my friend Sandy has gone on. And then also I have to mention that another uh, drummer from time to time in both of those bands suddenly adopted into the has also passed away. Ronnie, an absolute great drummer, uh, good singer, 
lets you know. And he is also uh, departed. So, the big man in heaven's got a couple of new players in it. I'm looking forward to seeing them. I happen to know both of those guys knew their Lord and Savior. And so I I am confident I will see them again. I'm confident that they did apply the Acts 2.38 message to their life. There is hope. And, of course, everyone should do that. You should go to the Bible. In the first Christian sermon ever preached, that is, the first sermon ever preached after the Lord Jesus Christ was crucified, this sermon preached by the uh, Apostle Peter is recorded in the book of Acts, chapter 2. And in the book of Acts, chapter 2, verse 37, the question is asked, Well, what must we do to be saved? And the apostle Peter answered, and I pointed out the 11 apostles were there. He said, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of your sins, and you shall receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And this is to you and to your children and to all who are far off, as many as the Lord our God should call. So Acts 2.38 is there for you guys. If you haven't done it, it's simple enough. I'd encourage you to do so. That is the only place in the Bible where you will find the entire plan of salvation in one verse. It's the only place in the Bible where you will find unsaved people asking how to be saved. All of the epistles, of course, were written to the apostles or or to other churches. And so we can assume they had already done these things. Therefore, they were not how to be saved, but more how to behave letters. And I share that with you because having lost two friends in one week, it's a bit much. And it would be a bit more if I did not know for a fact that both of those guys knew their Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and called upon the name of Jesus. So I'm asking all of you to analyze yourself and do that. And uh, just to make your election and calling sure, I would greatly appreciate it. But... uh, Rodney says the uh, vice president candidate, no, the president candidate for the Veterans Party of America would like to speak with me. Well, we'd love to get him on because as a veteran, as the father of three veterans, Coast Guard, Army, and Air Force, as the son of an Air Force veteran and the grandson of an Army Air Force veteran, I, I, I love veterans. I really care about veterans. So, uh, anyway, if he'd like to talk to me, uh, we'd be glad to get him on. Of course, we love bikers here because most bikers are just good Americans. They're patriots. They they love this country. Uh, Most of the biker groups that I know of, and I know a lot of them, uh, they do great things, and they do great things for a lot of people. So, bikers are always welcome here. My buddy Jeff Staggs is one of those guys, by the way. Meanwhile, we're going to hit this break early, and when we come back, I'm going to tell you what happened to me today, and I'm going to have some music for you. Hit it! The amazing Doc Green Show is on the air. I'm Gary Wilkins.
Wilcox with Pet Floors of Houston. We specialize in luxury vinyl tile installations for your home or your office. We sell a high-performance floor that is perfect for anyone who has dogs or cats or is trying to get a floor that just looks beautiful without nearly the maintenance that other floors have. It's a heavy-duty commercial PVC product. It looks like wood or stone or tile. This is a floor choice that you find major retailers have in their stores or intimate cafe or even your fast food restaurants. The adhesive that we use is waterproof. The product is waterproof, and so therefore, you can use a bleach water solution, clean it right up, and you're back to normal. It doesn't hold any odor, it's realistic, it's hygienic, it's affordable, and there's no click, click, click noise on it when you walk on this floor. It's just amazing. We've been in this house for about eight years, and we've had some hardwood floors down. And it was really one of those things where they were looking worn and need to be refinished, and we were really looking for an alternative. We found Gary with pet floors, and he came out and measured. And the measurement process went very easily, and when it came to installation time, they came out here, did a fine job. The installers were great. The service has been great ever since. I love my new floors. They're great, extremely durable, and they just look beautiful. From a cleaning standpoint, from an overall care standpoint, you don't even have to think about what you're doing. It's, it's, there's no special care. It, it's really nice. Actually, have a mobile showroom so I can come out to your home or office at a time that's convenient for you and I can show you the samples that would look right in your home I can even help you make decisions and coach you through this it's not like I've done this one or two times but I've done it many many times so give me a phone call and I'm happy to come out there I do estimates for you right there on the spot and it's all free of charge then that floor of Houston Here's an important message from Vita Scientific. If you have high blood sugar or type 2 diabetes, these are serious medical issues that require immediate attention. Did you know that it's possible to actually reverse high blood sugar and diabetes by using simple, natural products proven to balance your blood sugar? It's time to do what I did. Take control of your life. Vita Scientific's clinically tested formula will help you to feel healthy and energetic. These breakthrough supplements, along with small changes in your diet and exercise plan, may be the answer you've been looking for to set you on the path to optimal health. These products will not interfere with your current medical treatments, so start getting excited about feeling great again. Please visit VitaScientific.com or call Vita Scientific at 210-520-8432. That's 210-520-8432 to learn more. Tell them Doc Green sent you and get 50% off your first order. Call now. Well, the doctor is in. And I think I've got a little song queued up here for you if I can get this back back on because I went to sleep in the interim. Great words in this song. Hope you enjoy it. And then we're going to talk about why I played it. That's not loud enough, let me know.
Well, for the record, that was not Kansas. I don't know if anybody out there knows who it was, but one of my favorite bands. And I apologize for the large number of phone calls and texts that I get during a show when I'm using my phone as a music player because that's the only place I've got the song. Hope you guys caught the gist of it. When Inja Joe went to the city to organize, what that song is about is government overreach. What that song is about is government abuse of the people. Well, today, I went down to the city to organize. Went down to the Harris County Appraisal District. I don't know if you guys can see that there. I'm going to check the, see if I can check my video monitor. Here it is. Harris County Appraisal District where I went down there today. Had a little chat with them boys. And girls. And the reason I'm holding that up for the people at the camera, guys. Uh, so if you're listening on radio, I'm sorry you can't see it. The reason I went down there is because I wanted to know why in the hell a 1999 Honda van that I drive, which is beat the crap, by the way, 1999 Honda, cra- Honda beat the crap van got... 275,000 miles on it. I wanted to find out why last year's appraised value was $1,220, but this year's appraised value was $2,920. Try to get that where you guys can see it. Probably easier on Facebook than it is on YouTube, but you see right there it says last year $1,220, this year $2,920. $2,920. Now, I have been in touch with Paul Bettencourt's office. I'm trying to hold that up and get it close uh, so the people on the YouTube camera can see it. I went down, I, I called Paul Bettencourt's office just to let him know that I'm not happy. And Paul Bettencourt used to be the tax man here in Harris County. And, and the cool part about Paul Bettencourt was he actually cared about the taxpayer. Paul Bettencourt realized that it's tough enough to be in business without being beat up by the uh, tax assessor collector. So I took this down there, and then I brought in my uh, property appraisal notice of protest with me. And I just wanted to ask a couple of questions, see, because I am an American. I do have constitutional rights. And one of the rights that I have is to complain when I feel like I'm being abused. I don't know what this is. Let's see. Oh, yeah, let's. I mean, how, how are these prices chosen? How does a van that is a 1999, 275,000 miles, more than double in price in a single year? They probably did by comparison. I have no idea. Well, you see, I think that... Now, what you're listening to is the audio that I recorded while I was down there at Harris County Tax Assessor's Office. I'm talking to the lady there whose job it is to collect the taxes and organize uh, tax protest uh, meetings. Very nice, very nice lady. And once again, I'm certain, I'm certain that if she had her way, I would not have been there. Very nice lady. She just needs a job like everybody else. So now I'm going to play this video. 
How how are these prices chosen? How does a van that is a 1999, 275,000 miles, more than double in price in a single year? It's what it did by comparison. I have no idea. Well, you see, I think that what the HCAT is doing is they have determined what their budget is, divided it. I can't Well, that's where it all went south. This big bruiser of a security cop, you know, of the rent-a-cop variety, walks over, grabs my cell phone, jerks it out of my hand, and proceeds to harangue me. I didn't know how much that I got because that's the first time I've played it. But you heard where he jerks it out of my hand. Right about here. I cannot film. You see, I thought I had a First Amendment right to have a conversation with someone that is uh, in a taxing authority over me, uh, someone who is abusing me, someone who is taking money out of my pocket, making it hard to feed my family. I thought that we could have a one-on-one conversation and that I could record that conversation and then play it back here for your information. Dare I say amusement. Well, this big security cop, and I mean, this is a big old boy. This guy's like six foot two, three hundred pounds. I mean, he's a big old boy. Comes up, grabs phone out of my hand, and right after it shut off, he said, "I can legally take this from you because you're not allowed to uh, shoot video here." And I said, "Look, I'm simply recording the transaction. I have a right, freedom of speech, and I'm simply exercising that right to get redress." And, well, he took exception at that, and he said uh, it wasn't legal for me to do that. I said, well, what statute makes it not legal for me to do that? Show me the statute. He said, I don't care about the law. You're just not allowed to do that. I said, well, wait a minute. You're a law enforcement person. And then I noticed his uh, little uh, plaque on his shoulder said uh, 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 Billy Bob Security. And uh, then I realized, oh, well, you're not, a, you're not really a, a security officer. I mean, you're not really a cop, are you? But I said, how can you say you don't care about the law? I said, I have a right here, my First Amendment right to, to freedom of speech, and that also includes my right to record this transaction. I said, there are no signs here. Show me the statute. And at the point in time where I was pointing at the badge on his shoulder, he grabbed me by both shoulders and bum-rushed me out of the building. Well, by now, I'm pretty upset. And so I am saying, no, you are breaking the law. You are not allowed to break the law. You have to obey the law. And uh, meanwhile, he's jerking my hands behind me and running me outside the office. And, uh, and we're on the third floor of the Harris County Tax Assessor's office. And I don't know if you've ever been there, but it's an open floor plan, so now I can see all the way to the first floor. And uh, so very loudly, I am yelling, Someone call the police. This guy is violating the law. He's breaking the law. He's, he's uh, you know, breaking my rights as a human being, uh, my right of, of uh, freedom of speech, my right of the Fourth Amendment. He has taken my phone. That means he's illegally seized my merchandise without my permission and without a search warrant. 
And some of you that know me personally know that I have a speaking voice. I am able to make myself heard with or without a PA system. I said, someone call the cops. I'm looking down. There's people looking up. I said, call the police. My lo- The law is being broken. And so, uh, I guess I guess I'm talking so loud. I set the alarm off in the neighbor's car next door. Anyway, uh, about that point in time, I get my wish. Five Houston police officers come rushing out of the elevator. I got my face shoved up against a brick wall. They're handcuffing me. And I'm preaching. I am preaching. And I'm preaching loud and proud. And as we get in the elevator, I point out to everyone, you know, you're violating my rights. I have a First Amendment right to speak. Uh, I have a Fourth Amendment right to be secure in my paper and my persons. Oh, meanwhile, they they said, you know, are you carrying a weapon? Uh, Well, yes, I am. As it happens, I have a car 45 cocked and locked in my uh, right hip holster. And, of course, they uh, disarmed me. And and the police officers that did this were very professional. They properly cleared the weapon. And that was, uh, you know, it was a pleasant sight to see someone who knew how to properly clear a weapon. They did properly clear the weapon. But at this point, the cops still are pretty sure that I'm a criminal because uh, this security officer had been talking into his collar from the time that he laid hands on me and said, hey, hey, I got a 1036. I don't know what he said. Whatever the, whatever the code is for someone who's assaulting a police officer, accuse me of assaulting him. And I said, I did not assault you, sir. You are lying. I said, you're assaulting me. So the police arrest me at the Harris County Appraisal District office there on Highway 290, drag me down, and I'm preaching loud and proud the entire time, by the way. I I want people to see this. I want them to realize how we as taxpayers are being treated in Harris County. And they drag me into this little room. They say, "Uh, do you know why you're here? You're disturbing the peace, sir, creating a disturbance. And that's a... uh, Man, everybody's calling me. That's a violation of the law, sir. Creating a disturbance. I said, I wasn't. I didn't mean to create a disturbance. I said everything was fine until that bull uh, uh, security guard came and grabbed me. So um, I said, you know, look, I'm within my rights here. I don't know why. I don't even know why you got me here. So meanwhile, they got me handcuffed. They got me in there. They said, well, sir, once the cuffs come on. They don't come off. You know what's going to happen next? I said, really, I have no idea. So, well, we have to investigate this. Said, uh, we have security cameras up there. We're going to look at those security cameras to see if you violated the law. Also, you're not supposed to have a gun in here. And I said, but Texas state law says I can carry my weapon anywhere except for a courtroom. And they said, well, sir, you can't carry here. Well, wait a minute. Why can't I carry here? This is a county building. It's not a courtroom. Why can I not carry here? So anyway, they got me in this room. They leave me in there with a male cop and a female cop, two HPD uh, police officers. Both of them genuinely nice people, by the way. I'm sitting here in the chair, handcuffed, behind my back. For the benefit of people on YouTube, you can see this. So I got my hands behind my back. I'm sitting here in a chair. Meanwhile, we're having a discussion. At this point in time, you know, they say, well, you know, you, you assaulted our police officer. said, I did not assault the police officer. 
I said, for one thing, as you see, you've got my uh, car 45 in your hand, which he commented on was a very nice weapon. He also uh, uh, commented on the fact that I hadn't cleaned it very well, and he was right. Guilty as charged, my weapon. My weapon needs cleaning. It does. It's dusty. I hate, uh, God, I hate to even show it to you, but I am. So, uh, yeah, the weapon needs cleaning decisively. But that's the only crime I've committed so far is fail, failure to properly maintain my weapon. It's my, it's my everyday carry weapon. It gets dusty. So, anyway, we're here. We're waiting. And then the cop comes back in and says, uh, well, right now, sir, what we're doing is reviewing your case. We've gone to the uh, Harris County Appraisal District's uh, office attorney, and uh, he's looking to see which laws you have broken. And uh, then we're going to act accordingly. So I'm still handcuffed sitting here in the chair. We're having a long conversation. The two cops talking to me finally decide that I'm probably not a threat to anyone, except for maybe the security guard that uh, roughed me up. So uh, I'm, in the ch- I'm in there in a the chair, and I'm waiting. They finally uncuff me and say, uh, you know, uh, just, uh, you know, please, please don't make any sudden moves or anything like that. But So uh, <laughs> Ben Gruder said, oh, boy, dirty gun porn. <laughs> Rodney, I can't talk to him right now. I will talk to him in the next hour. So uh, here I am, stuck in his office. I'm there for an hour and a half. And, you know, these two police officers for now realize that, hey, you know, I don't think this guy's a really bad guy at all. And uh, they both say, uh, we, uh, both of us agree with you, sir, that there's, there should be no license to carry a gun. Uh, the, the Second Amendment gives you that license. We should not need any permits. So they both agree with me on that. So we're having a really good conversation. And so finally they bring in two more cops, and then they bring in the head cop. And uh, then they say, uh, well, sir, uh, we're going to go ahead and release you. We're going to return your weapon to you. Uh, um, it appears this is all a misunderstanding, and, and we're sorry. <laughs> and uh, I said, well, that's great, but I never did get my question answered. I said, look, I was 30 seconds away from getting an answer about the appraisal on my van when the uh, bull security guard came in there and grabbed me. And I said, so because of that assault, I did not get an answer. And they said, okay, they can go outside and make another phone call. I covered a few minutes later, here comes another lady from the tax office, and then finally the big man uh, comes in, uh, Mr. Cunningham, pleasant fellow. Mr. Cunningham comes in and says, uh, sir, uh, we're sorry this all happened the way that it did. Um, we, we would like to apologize, and uh, we're going to you know, return your weapons to you. The police are going to have to walk you out, of course. Because, see, at this point they understand you have poked the bear, and if we give the bear back his gun, he might lose his temper and kill us all. So, come on, guys. I'm a deacon in a church, for crying out loud. Anyway, so uh, I finally get my copy proving that my tax protest form has been registered, and they still didn't answer my question as to how they... uh, as to how they uh, determined the value of my van, because, once again, did I show this to you? No, I don't think I did. There, guys, that is the Kelly Blue Book value of my van. Of my van. Do you see that? 
I'm getting it lined up with the camera. There you are. Look at that on Facebook. That's the value of my van. My van is worth $38 to $297. It has a trade-in value of 168 bucks. That's what my van is worth. Quite frankly, I think they've overvalued it. And uh, for you guys on YouTube, same thing. Once again, my question is, how do they go about arriving at a value of a van? And let me tell you, here's what I think. We're going to get Paul Betancourt on here next week, and we're going to talk to him about that. And I'm also trying to get Lieutenant Dan, uh, the governor, Lieutenant Governor Dan on here. But the point that I'm trying to make is simply this. That van's worth absolutely no more than $297, and yet they arbitrarily went from valuing it at uh, $1,600 last year, no, $1,200 last year, and raised it to $2,920. That's more than double. How do they do that? Well, here's how it works. Keller said he'd give me $50 for the van. Keller, I wouldn't take advantage of you. Here's how it works, guys. They say, okay, this is what the bills look like for this year. This is how much money we need to collect. Here's how we're going to do it. We have this many items that are taxable in our county. Divide that by, by the amount of dollars that we need. Add 10% onto it just in case somebody doesn't pay or somebody protests, and then we're covered. We're good. It has nothing to do with the law. It has nothing to do with what's right. It has nothing to do with what's legal. It has nothing to do with what's moral. It is totally immoral. And I am here on the Doc Green Show today, and I am calling for the resignation of the head of the Harris County Appraisal District. I'm calling for the abolishment of the Harris County Appraisal District. And I'm calling for the prosecution of those people involved in overvaluing property. Because, guys, that is theft. It is theft. It is stealing. You understand what I'm saying? It is stealing. It's stealing when you have absolute authority over everybody's uh, property and what they pay for taxes. When you've got absolute authority over that, and you take a van that's worth 38 bucks, and you say we're going to tax him for $3,000. It's stealing. I printed this off the Kelly Blue Book. You do not have to pay a fee to use the Kelly Blue Book. Now, maybe the county does. I don't know. But I, I recorded this off the Kelly Blue Book. Went online. It took me about a minute and a half. Yeah, Frank just said they, they, pray, they play the odds. They know most people won't protest. Well, it's funny because just an hour before I nearly got arrested and hauled off, I was talking to another taxpayer that owns a business here in town, and she said, yes, I have this device. I paid $500 for it. They're taxing me $250 on this $500 device. $250, half the value of the device is what they're charging me for the tax. This is wrong. It's immoral. It's robbery. And if we weren't such a bunch of pussies, we would do something about it. Our forefathers got the guns out. For a 3% tax, guys. <sighs> uh, ben says it's worth that much. worth more because I'm driving it. And vehicles blowing famous people are always worth more money. <laughs> yeah. Look, you know, 
I don't believe my own press. I happen to know who I am, and I know I'm a nothing and a nobody, okay? I know that. And I know the fact that I drove something, if anything, makes it worth less because people know how I drive. This is robbery. It's wrong. I'm calling for the Harris County Appraisal District to be abolished. I'm, ca- I'm calling for everyone involved in these overvaluations to be criminally prosecuted. If we continue to put, put up with this, if we continue to bow down and kiss the glove, this is what's going to continue to happen to us. Oh, and by the way, if that cop, when he walked, well, that rent-a-cop, he wasn't a real cop. If that rent-a-cop, when, when, uh, when he walked over and grabbed my phone, if I'd have simply said, oh, oh I'm, I'm sorry, sir, excuse me. I, I apologize. I am so sorry. I did not mean to offend you. I did not mean to break any laws. Please forgive me. If I'd have done that, if I'd have bowed down and kissed the glove, that would have been the end of it. There would have been no trouble. But the point is, I didn't bow down and kiss the glove, did I? And I'm not going to. And what if every one of us did that? How long do they last? You know the answer. Go ahead, kick it, Frank. Going to be right back, guys. Got a lot more for you on the Doc Green Show. Yeah, I said pussy. The amazing Doc Green Show is on the air. just defended yourself with a gun. The police are called and you're potentially involved in a homicide, but it was self-defense. At this point, you are not in your right mind. No one ever is when they are in fear for their life and defend themselves. Anything you say can and will be used in a court of law, both civilly and criminally. Fortunately, you have selfdefensefund.com. We are the National Association for Legal Gun Defense, and we protect our members nationally in all 50 states, up to $1 million per incident per member. Let us do the talking for you and visit selfdefensefund.com. Any weapon, any state. Anytime. Here's an important message from Vita Scientific. If you have high blood sugar or type 2 diabetes, these are serious medical issues that require immediate attention. Did you know that it's possible to actually reverse high blood sugar and diabetes by using simple, natural products proven to balance your blood sugar? It's time to do what I did. Take control of your life. Vita Scientific's clinically tested formula will help you to feel healthy and energetic. These breakthroughs supplements along with small changes in your diet and exercise plan may be the answer you've been looking for to set you on the path to optimal health. These products will not interfere with your current medical treatments, so start getting excited about feeling great again. Please visit VitaScientific.com or call Vita Scientific at 210-520-8432. That's 210-520-8432 to learn more. Tell them Doc Green sent you and get 50% off your first order. Call now. 
TV and radio are great mediums for mass instruction, but for those times when you just want to hold something in your hands, there is the damn good times. I still love the newspaper, but I'm tired of the liberal bias. That's why I reach for the damn good times. Always full of interesting stories and great information, and you can have it delivered to your doorstep by calling 281-332-5710 or sending an email to news at thedamngoodtimes.com. Just $50 a year will get a full subscription. It's a great gift for all the patriots you know. Do it now. Maintaining your home air conditioner is just as important as maintenance on your car. You don't know the big difference there's going to be until you've had the work done. I thought my system was working fine, but now it's better than ever. Galen Beatty did it for me, and he'll do it for you. Good servicing will not only keep your system performing well during the sweltering summers here in Houston, but it will save you money year after year. In my case, it cut my AC power consumption by 20%. Do what I did. Have Galen Beatty set up regular AC maintenance to cut your energy bill and prevent system failure at the worst time. And what's better than being comfortable and saving money? Whether you need a basic tune-up or it's time to put in a new super-efficient system, you should call BDAC, 281-222-9591. That's 281-222-9591 to schedule an AC system tune-up. BDAC and Heat. That's B-E-E-D-E-A-C and Heat.com. BDAC and Heat.com. The doctor is in, Doc Green, Radio Elephants Radio, American Voice Radio. Yeah, what I've been talking about is uh, what happened when I went down to protest my taxes today. Almost ended up getting arrested and uh, going downtown. They did slap the cuffs on me. They did put me in uh, confinement for about an hour. And uh, what should have been a five-minute deal uh, turned into a major fiasco, but uh, finally resulted in my release with an apology. I would like to point out that the Houston Police Department uh, employees involved in this were all very professional, did an excellent job, and there is no tarnish on their badge. However, the Harris County Appraisal District security guards, uh, man, what a bunch of clowns, just absolutely insane, do not ever attempt to step on my First Amendment rights, my Second Amendment rights, my Third Amendment rights while we're on the subject, and certainly not my Fourth Amendment rights. And I did not plead the Fifth, and I did not ask for a lawyer because I didn't do anything wrong. Wilbur said, well, they didn't shoot you. Well, you're right. Uh, and that was a possibility because this guy had reported me to the HPD a as a, a potential violent felon. I could have gotten shot. I was armed. You'll never, ever see me, guys, when I go out and I'm not armed. I, I am always armed, and I'm always armed. Why? Well, I actually handed a card to the cops to tell them why. Let me see if i got another one of those. I'll show it to you. For those of you on Facebook and YouTube, you can see this. For those of you listening on the radio, you should be on Facebook and YouTube, and then you'll be able to see this. So, um... Anyway, no, I don't have any more of those cards, but the card basically tells the cops, look, I'm a concealed license carry holder in Texas. I'm a license carry holder, and I got your back. If you have a problem, like what, what happened to uh, Deputy Goforth, 
I am one of the guys that's going to be there to shoot the bad guy when you got your back turned. I do not kill the sheepdog. I kill the wolf. That's what I do. And so uh, they're, they're down there beating me up and say, well, yeah, you know, making a disturbance and all that stuff. I said, trust me, you got my forty five right there. I said, if I wanted to start some trouble, it would have been a lot worse than it was. They said, well, we thank you for that. Look, I'm a law-abiding citizen. I didn't go down there to hurt anybody. Well, maybe hurt somebody's feelings because, uh, as I said on the phone call the other day, and I don't know if I've got that here, I'll pull it up, but I, I asked the guy who couldn't speak any English, I said, how do you get a 1997 van for $1,220 to $2,920? How does that happen? I still do not have an answer to that question. I do not know. But uh, in any case, um, that's it. That's what happened. So, uh, hi, Don. I guess Don's out in Southern California. <laughs> So anyway, look, I thank all the regular listeners to this show. Uh, once again, a shout-out to the folks in Fredericksburg, Texas, because Fredericksburg has me on AM and FM, and I thank you guys for listening. I truly do. And, uh, and if I'm not on a local AM or FM station where you are and you, you have a station that has talk radio, conservative talk on it, go ahead and put the bug in there and say, hey, why don't you uh, get the Amazing Doc Green Show? It's easy. All I got to do is go to American Voice Radio, and they can click the satellite download there, and they can take my show live. They can take my show uh, tape delayed. It's all there. It's really easy to do. Anybody can do it. And, uh, and I, I could be on your local station wherever you are in the United States. Look at on Facebook. I don't know where Twyla is. Um, John Goff's in there. John Goff, uh, I think he's out uh, on the East Coast, if I'm not mistaken. And I don't know where Mark and Virginia Garza are, but uh, I'm glad that all you guys listen. I appreciate it. Uh, taxes. It's just wrong what they're doing. And if you guys will do what I do, if you will go to your, uh, if you're willing to go to jail, I was, I could have backed down pretty much any time until, uh, well, until he slapped the cuffs on. After that, there's no going back. But the point is, I'd already made the decision when he was started calling the cops on the radio. I'd already made the decision. Yes, I'm willing to go to jail for my First Amendment rights. I'm willing to go to jail for my right to come here to the tax assessor's office and ask for redress of my grievance. I'm willing to do that. You guys like my cufflinks, by the way? Are those great? Meanwhile, uh, State Rep. Donna Dukes uh, is resigning in January. She's served 11 terms, which means she's going to get a fat retirement. Uh, she said it's due to issues from a uh, 2013 car accident. Uh, but she served 11 terms. She's going to get a great retirement check. See, here in Texas, if you're a member of the state legislature, even if you're the lieutenant governor, you only get $600 a month. And as somebody pointed out, the health insurance that they provide to you as a state legislature sucks up most of that. So really what you get now as the state legislature is you get free parking at the Capitol and you get health insurance. That's it. But after you retire, if you could somehow make it up there, if you could somehow make it for six terms, you get a great retirement. And... Uh, 
Anyway, so she is going to be stepping down. The DA's office is conducting a criminal investigation into her alleged misuse of staff and government funds. So she said it is with great sadness that today I announced my resignation from the Texas House of Representatives effective January January 10th, 2017. That'll be one week before they reignite, as it were, reconvene. Mixdu says, I'm, res- I'm resigning because of the injuries I received in a car crash and the health complications stemming from those injuries. Her name will still be on the November ballot, and if she somehow beats Republican Gabriel Neela, then uh, Greg Abbott could call a special election to fill her vacant seat. The next session begins on January 10th. Man, I need to get Gabriel Neela in here and find out who he is now because it uh, looks like he's the default. Anyway, uh, Miss Dukes missed much of the 2015 legislative session because of health issues, and former staff members accused her of seeking reimbursement from the state for travel payments that she was not entitled to. The Texas Tribune reported that the state auditor's office was investigating her use of state workers on a personal project that Miss Dukes oversaw, which was the African American Heritage Festival. The auditors referred the case to the Travis County DA. No worry there, because the Travis County DA, um, well, that's that's uh, the drunken DA, Rosemary Lushberg. I mean, Lemberg, Rosemary Lemberg, not Lushberg. Um, the drunken DA of Travis County. Um, once again, these guys are famous for prosecuting Republicans for being Republicans and famous for looking the other way when Democrats are Democrats. Greg Cox, director of the Special Prosecution Division, said the matter is under review, which means the matter is being swept under the rug. And uh, Duke said that the allegations against her related to the festival are just nonsense. I am a Democrat. I'm doing something to support African Americans. It doesn't matter if I broke any laws. Well, she didn't exactly say that, but you you can read into it. And And I am reading into it. Ms. Duke said it's been a tremendous honor to serve the good people of Texas for 22 years. And I will continue to keep you in mind during the coming session while I'm getting my fat retirement check. Which will be much more than the check I was getting for actually going to work. So anyway, is there anybody besides me that thinks that's wrong? Seriously? Wilbur says she's with Rainmaker Corp. I think he, I don't know, I, he's probably joking, but nonetheless. So, uh, hey, some of you guys tell me where, you, where you're at. John Goff, uh, remind me where you're at again. And uh, Mark and Virginia Garza, where are you guys at? I'm always interested in knowing these things on the Doc Green Show because our reach has greatly expanded from what it, what it used to be. And so uh, we're always interested in finding out where people are. And whether or not you're listening on a terrestrial radio station. Yeah, Mark, uh, I appreciate you bringing that up. Mark 22, 21, render unto Caesar the things that are Caesar's and unto God those things that are God. Well, you see, I don't really mind being taxed fairly. I should point that out. A fair tax should be paid, and indeed I am in favor of the fair tax. And If you don't know what that is, go to fairtax.org and read up on it. I don't mind being taxed fairly. What I mind is when they abuse me and say that my property is worth 10 times what it's worth in order to get a larger tax check. 
That is theft. That's worse than the guy at the meat market putting his thumb on the scale and making that uh, that roast weigh an extra half pound. It's worse than that. Of course, what was funny is the Norman Rockwell painting, if you guys ever looked at that, the meat, the guy at the meat counter is putting his thumb on it to give an extra half pound, and, and the lady that's buying it's got her finger underneath the scale pushing up to make it weigh less. And so they're probably balancing each other out. But that's wrong. It's wrong on both sides of society. So anyway, having said all of that, uh, Donna Dukes, we're going to miss you up there because just between you and me, Donna Dukes is kind of a cutie. Even if she is a Democrat, she's kind of a cutie. So we're sorry that this is happening. Um, The uh, the endorsement of Ted Cruz for uh, our, our good friend Donald Trump, I think that's a big deal, and we're glad to see that. Now I've got another article here from Trib Talk. It's called Police Use of Force, and the subtitle is Don't Force It. Said a healthy look at the use of police force incidents with a sober eye, a prudent skepticism of government forces necessary, expected, and for the most part, welcomed even by the police. This keeps those responsible for our safety and entrusted with so much authority accountable to the public that they serve. I mean, without it, who would watch the watchmen? So choosing 36 largest cities as a representative sample makes sense. The work invested in Texas Tribune's unholstered series is commendable. The largest cities have the highest population density, and the data shows that Houston and Dallas make up nearly half of all the shootings in Texas. When race is added, however, the study shows total African-American population for all of the cities has 14%. It's worth noting that the two cities comprise nearly half of all shootings. Both have African-American populations well above average. Dallas 25, Houston 23.7. Well, that's closer to it, but i got to tell you guys, I'm amazed at how many places I go now where I'm the only white person there. True, and it, it's uh, it's slightly mind blowing, quite frankly, because I keep hearing that African Americans make up, in this case, twenty three point seven percent of uh, of my city. Yet the gas station that I frequent over here in Northwest uh, Harris County in the two ninety Highway six area, when I go there, I'm usually the only white guy there. There's a restaurant right here called Cheddar's. It's right at the corner of 290 and Barker Cypress Road, Northwest Houston, in the Cypress area, right on the edge of Cypress and Houston. When I go to Cheddar's, I notice pretty much I'm the only white person there. I rarely ever see another white person in Cheddar's. So if blacks make up only 23.7% of the population in Houston, did they all move into my neighborhood or what? Guys, i got to be honest. You know, I, I, uh, I've i been in a church, same church, uh, off and on now for most of the last 20 years. I uh, took some time off where I went to another church and helped them out, and then I went to another church and hid out for a couple of years because I was tired. 
But um, I've been at this church. I was one of the founding members of this church. I uh, started going there when we had about 35 people. And it was all white. Might have one Mexican guy, but it's 35, 34 white people, one Mexican guy. That was pretty much it. And now that church typically runs on a Sunday around 500 people, four to 500. And the other day in the sanctuary, I was on security. I had a little bit of time. So I counted. And in that sanctuary, we had 23 white people. Now, does that bother me? No. This is basically is the church that we always set out to have. We wanted to have a multiracial church because we hated the fact that white people and black people were always 100% segregated on Sunday. And we thought that was bad, and I still do think it's bad. So I go to a church where I am in the distinct minority. It does not bother me. Quite frankly, there are some black people in that church that I dearly love. I mean, actually dearly love them. Uh, Some of them are the kind of people that I would invite over to my house for a Christmas dinner and, in fact, have done it because they're my friends, not because they're black. I really don't care. But we do have a race war that's brewing, and I don't know what's going to happen to it. I'm counting on the church to counter that because Jesus Christ is the great emulsifier. And I was thinking about that. Why is it that, you know, for the most part, all the black and white people in my church get along really well? Why is it for the most part that I just love these people that that are of color in my church? Well, because we all love Jesus Christ, and that makes us different people. So when I see them, I don't see black. I see Jesus. I don't know, just a thought. Anyway... Black people may make up 23% of, of Houston, but they make up 70% of my church. However, reducing police-involved shooting, getting back to the story, is only a statistic based on city race, armed and unarmed suspects, and other factors, and inevitably leaves out a lot of relevant detail. There is a true human story behind every squeeze of the trigger, good or bad. Any cookie-cutter approach to data, making everything fit nicely into one category or another, runs the risk of furthering a narrative that may need substantially more information for true unity in policymaking. I should point out that according to the FBI statistics that I ran, six out of ten police shootings are white people. Six out of ten. So there is no war on black people being run by the police now. That does not change the fact that I told you, I looked at those videos, and in my opinion, based on my extensive experience and training, those were bad shoots. Both of those cases, black people died that should not have died. Twyla wants to know where I'm at. I am in Houston, Twyla. I am in Houston. Oh, Mark and Virginia, they're up there in Willis. Lovely town, Willis. Did you guys uh, ever get rid of those red light cameras up there? Twyla is in Texas. Yeah, that's what I thought. John Golf, poor guy. He's stuck in Maryland for crying out loud. <laughs> um, yeah, John said they forced Obamacare on him. And, uh, well, he's probably not liking it. Congress gets the best health insurance plus full dental. Um, that's true. So anyway, now I just step back here. 
Hey, Deacon Taylor, Vice President for the Veterans Party of America. I am ready. Call me now, Deacon Taylor, and I'll post the number again there. We're going to talk Deacon Taylor, I think, 932-1980. The phone number, in case you guys want to write it down and call in on the show, it's 800-932-1980. 800 and College Station. Ah, lovely town there. I have flown over the university up there, over the stadium. Looks great from the air. So, uh, this march in Dallas resulted in more tragedy than just the murders of five dedicated police officers. That peaceful protest demanding reform was being protected by those they were protesting. That is the embodiment of the First Amendment. But... uh, Dallas police officers were taking pictures with the protesters and public servants alongside those they swore to protect, no matter the irony of the situation. What should be remembered as a uniquely American moment will now be remembered only for the actions, and they call it a murderous madman. I, I have to point out to you, the, the police shooter up in, uh, up in Dallas was a Muslim. He was a Muslim, and he was a black guy, but he was a Muslim. The police shooting in New Orleans was a Muslim. The shooting in Oregon in the mall was a Muslim. Are you guys starting to see a pattern? You're starting to, and they were young Muslims. Are you seeing a pattern here? I am. We haven't heard yet. They said this guy this morning that did the shooting here in Houston was a a lawyer. I understand that he was a black man. But we don't know if he is a Muslim yet. I guarantee you, if he was a Muslim, I'm going to have to dig to find that information because they're not going to put it out. So, getting back to the story, I have to point this out because the news media is not going to do it. In this case, the Tribune, being a universally uh, liberal magazine, is certainly not going to put it out. Anyway, they go on and they say each shooting, each use of force must be evaluated on its own merit and sometimes are completely unavoidable. An article tabulating the shootings of unarmed individuals published alongside one that discusses race disparities and another that claims officers are given wide discretion to shoot when off-duty teases those most easily influenced into blanket condemnation without taking into account the specifics of each case. In the academic number crunching, While sitting at a desk, it's easy to have a little regard for the reality of a fight at 3 a.m. in an alley with someone who is much larger trying to take away an officer's gun and punching him or her in the face repeatedly. If the officer shoots her assailant, she will be scrutinized all the more. Well, that's why I think uh, female police officers should not be on the street by themselves. They should be partnered up with a big, strong man. But uh, nonetheless, oh, yeah, I got some more news coming in here. Nonetheless, I want you to know there are 20% of the police officers out there that are the absolute salt of the earth. 20% of them are the kind of people that you would want to sit down and have a a drink with. 20% of them are people that uh, you would trust your husband, your wife, your kids to. 20% of them are amazing, fabulous people. 
60% of the cops out there are just like you. They're average, everyday, ordinary people. They're good on some days, bad on other days. Um, but they're just normal. And then, unfortunately, you got two out of ten bad cops. Now, you may say, well, where are you getting these numbers? Well, I'm getting these numbers from society because those are the laws of human nature. That is human nature. And you either understand human nature and go with it, or you bet against it. But if you bet against human nature, you will lose every time. That is the, that's the critical thing that you have to know. You, you will lose every time if you bet against human nature. And human nature says 20% of the people do all the work. Human nature says 20% of the people are the best people they could possibly be. Human nature says 20% of the people are never going to be there when the work needs to be done. 20% of the people are just bad, nasty, horrible people. Now, who would I put in that category? Well, Hillary Clinton, for instance. Hillary Clinton is a bad, nasty person, just a horrible person. She has no redeeming values, kind of like, well, she's just about a hair short of being a Muslim. I don't know if she likes bacon or not, but... uh, Hillary Clinton's a bad, nasty person. She falls in that bottom 20% of quality individuals out there. Then you got Donald Trump. Donald Trump falls in the upper 20%. Donald Trump is a guy who has done amazing things for a lot of people. He's created a lot of jobs. He's put a lot of people to work. He has allowed other people to become millionaires because of things that he did that they attached themselves to. Tonight is the big debate. I don't know about you guys, but uh, let me tell you, I am excited because tonight's the big debate. I cannot wait to watch this thing. I'm going to be taking notes. You guys don't have to watch it. I'd encourage you to, but you don't have to watch it because tomorrow I'm I'm going to bring it all down for you. I'm going to boil it down, and I'm going to give it to you straight. And uh, so I'm, I'm totally looking forward to tonight. So anyway, when I get back, we've got a couple more things we want to talk about. I don't know if he's going to call in or not. A minute ago we were talking uh, talking about having the uh, guy who's running on vice president on the constitutional ticket calling in. And of course, we're going to talk to him. And we also want to get oh, we got to get John Goff on here one day. Here's a news flash from John Goff, by the way. He says, a large group of graduate students in California called a 1,000 people from all walks of life, every part of every state in America, and the topics were economy, national security, jobs, and who was best picked for president. And the answer to that poll, Donald Trump, 67%, Hillary Clinton, 19%, independents and undecided, 14%. Be right back. The 
Maintaining your home air conditioner is just as important as maintenance on your car. You don't know the big difference there's going to be until you've had the work done. I thought my system was working fine, but now it's better than ever. Galen Beatty did it for me, and he'll do it for you. Good servicing will not only keep your system performing well during the sweltering summers here in Houston, but it will save you money year after year. In my case, it cut my AC power consumption by 20%. Do what I did. Have Galen Beatty set up regular AC maintenance to cut your energy bill and prevent system failure at the worst time. And what's better than being comfortable and saving money? Whether you need a basic tune-up or it's time to put in a new super-efficient system, you should call BDAC, 281-222-9591. That's 281-222-9591 to schedule an AC system tune-up. BDAC and Heat. That's B-E-E-D-E-A-C and Heat.com. BDAC and Heat.com. You just defended yourself with a gun. The police are called, and you're potentially involved in a homicide. But it was self-defense. At this point, you are not in your right mind. No one ever is when they are in fear for their life and defend themselves. Anything you say can and will be used in a court of law, both civilly and criminally. Fortunately, you have SelfDefenseFund.com. We are the National Association for Legal Gun Defense, and we protect our members nationally in all 50 states, up to $1 million per incident per member. Let us do the talking for you and visit SelfDefenseFund.com. Any weapon, any state, any time. I'm Gary Wilcox with Pet Floors of Houston. We specialize in luxury vinyl tile installations for your home or your office. We sell a high-performance floor that is perfect for anyone who has dogs or cats or is trying to get a floor that just looks beautiful without nearly the maintenance that other floors have. It's a heavy-duty commercial PVC product. It looks like wood or stone or tile. This is a floor choice that you find major retailers have in their stores or intimate cafe or even your fast food restaurant. The adhesive that we use is waterproof. The product is waterproof, and so therefore you can use a bleach water solution, clean it right up, and you're back to normal. It doesn't hold any odor. It's realistic. It's hygienic. It's affordable. And there's no click, click, click noise on it when you walk on this floor. It's just amazing. We've been in this house for about eight years, and we've had some hardwood floors down. And it was really one of those things that they were looking worn and need to be refinished, and we were really looking for an alternative. We found Gary with pet floors, and he came out and measured. And the measurement process went very easily, and when it came to installation time, they came out here, did a fine job. The installers were great. The service has been great ever since. I love my new floors. They're great, extremely durable, and they just look beautiful. From a cleaning standpoint, from an overall care standpoint, you don't even have to think about what you're doing. It's, it's, there's no special care. It, it's really nice. We actually have a mobile showroom, so I can come out to your home or office at a time that's convenient for you, and I can show you the samples that would look right in your home. I can even help you make decisions and coach you through this. It's not like I've done this one or two times, but I've done it many, many times. So give me a phone call, and I'm happy to come out there. I do estimates for you right there on the spot, and it's all free of charge. Pet, Pet Floors of Houston. PetFloors.com. I appreciate it. Ah, Doc Green just finishing up a phone call there with a potential interview with a foreign journalist who's here to cover the uh, border. And Rusty Monchi's uh, sent that to me, and so I wanted to get the 
wanted to get that into you as well. And uh, let's see. Yeah, we're going to try to talk with Jim Black with Angel Eyes over Texas. He said he had a short issue he wanted to get in. And uh, we also wanted to uh, wanted to get a chance to talk to the pre- vice president for the uh, Constitutional Party, Deacon Taylor. And uh, so I don't know if, he, uh, if he's still out there or not. But anyway, uh, meanwhile, we're going to bring in Jim Black. Good afternoon, Jim. Hello, Doc. How you doing today? Well, I'm doing pretty good. We're talking with Jim Black, Angel Eyes over Texas, and he is the predominant uh, guy in dealing with all issues CPS. So what uh, what's going on in, in Jim Black world today? Well, we have a um, bill in Washington Devil City that John Cornyn is holding up. And we understand that um, Governor Abbott is the reason it's being held up. And this is the only standout. And if we're going to get it passed, it has to pass this week or else it dies. And this is the uh, Family First Act. It shifts funding from foster care to prevention. And for the first time ever, it is uncapped funding, so they will actually be able to pay for preventative measures without running out of money. And this is a very important piece of legislation. Um, And from what I hear, uh, John Cornyn is our only holdout. And we need people to call. Cornyn's office is 202-224-2934, and Governor Abbott's number is 512-463-1762. And we really need to get this to move through. For one thing, it's... um, have more accountability for the state to make sure they're rolling this money, uh, the federal funds back into the child welfare system. This is probably the most revolutionary bill that has passed in the last 36 years. Well, nonetheless, I know John Cornyn is typically up to no good as a rule, so this does not surprise me. So if you want to talk to Big Band John Cornyn, uh, all you got to do is dial 202-224-2934 and uh, tell him to lift the hold uh, on the uh, Families First Act, which is uh, Senate Bill 3065, Senate Bill 3065. Once again, that's 202-224-2934. You guys should do what I do, by the way. I keep all of my senators and all of my uh, reps, I keep their numbers in my cell phone on speed dial because uh, I like to talk to these guys, and they love to hear from you, too. They do, and, and you can call them. John, John Corner's kind of lonely. He's in, he, he really honestly believes that all y'all are liberal, and it doesn't matter you know, what he does. But if you give him a call at 202-224-2934, well, you can get the word out yourself. And uh, thank you, Jim Black, for bringing that up. We hope we can get you some action on it. 
Thank you for giving me a chance to call in. By the way, uh, Wilbur did a piece on that this morning. He just posted the link on your um, inner feed. Uh, very interesting little piece he wrote up this morning. So well, nobody says it like Wilbur. You know that, Jim. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yes, most definitely. That's why I called him yesterday and uh, put it out there. So thanks a lot, and um, have a great day. Thanks a lot. I should tell all you guys that Jim Black is one of the originals on the Doc Green Show. Uh, back when I first started this show about, uh, well, a little over three years now, Jim Black was uh, one of the very first listeners to the Doc Green Show, and he's been with me ever since. And uh, he comes to a lot of events. Uh, if you guys show up at these events, you get a, get a chance to, uh, to uh, talk to him. And... Uh, well, what the heck, John? Give me a call now, Jonathan Goff. You can go ahead and call in. I, I thought that uh, Deacon was going to call me, but I haven't heard from him. So uh, 800-932-1980. Guys, put that in your phone or bring it up. 800-932-1980. And uh, typically I take, your, uh, I take your calls unless I'm in the middle of a rant. And, uh, and I'll, you know, in which case I'm going to finish my rant before I take your calls. But uh, nonetheless... And poor Wilbur, he said, yeah, he said, I was right in the middle of a whiskey drinking contest when Jim Black called me yesterday. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Wilbur Witt, guys, you got you to gotta go to a simple, boy, simple old boy from Austin on Blogspot, and uh, you can chat with him. And there is the Deacon. Good afternoon, Deacon. Good afternoon, Mr. Doc Green. How are you, sir? Uh, better than I deserve. At least I'm not in jail. If you're the first part of my show, I did catch a little bit about that. It was uh, sounded pretty crazy and intense. It was very intense. Let me tell you, it was very intense. We're talking with Deacon Taylor. He's the vice presidential candidate for the Veterans Party of America. And uh, go ahead and fill us in, Deacon Taylor, on the Veterans Party for, of America. Yes, sir. The short summary is we started about three years ago because we realized that neither party was representing us very well uh, as veterans. They keep cutting benefits and they keep doing all kinds of uh, blame games with what's going on. Uh, as we started. What's that? I always like to remind everybody of the old comic book Iron Man. In this case, Iron Man the superhero won the war, but after the war was over, what to do with Iron Man? Nobody wanted him around anymore. But that's the way they that's treat the us. They love us when there's a war to be fought, but as soon as the war's over, we're just a burden. That is a fact. That is a fact. And um, as we dug into it, we figured out that it wasn't just us being treated that way, so we decided to do something about it, and that's where the Veterans Party came from. I see it. Getting a little bit of feedback there from your phone. If you're on speakerphone, it may not be good. Um, the fact of the matter is, guys, uh, yeah, we don't get any representation. I happen to be a Republican Party precinct chair, but that's only because after analyzing the Democrats and realizing I was not a communist, I couldn't join the Democrats, and then after analyzing the Libertarian Party and realizing I do not worship at the altar of homosexuality and drug use, um, they determined that I was not suitable to be a Libertarian, and so I lost my position as the Harris County Vice Chair of the Libertarian Party. And uh, so now here I am, back with the Republicans. It's all I got to work with. So maybe the Veterans Party is another avenue. So uh, 
Tell, how's it going? Well, in less than three years, we've developed leadership in all of the regions of the country, and we have got ballot access in several states. And so we're we're fighting uphill, but we're fighting the good fight. We don't know what quit means. So uh, at the end of the day, it's about the Constitution and the foundations that this government was was discovered under. Um, so we're we're going to keep pushing forward, and we're going to keep trying to fix what's broken in our government. Well, there's a lot broken in our government, no question about it. Uh, what is the estimated membership of the Veterans Party at this time? Uh, somewhere in the 50,000 range would be a, a best guess. Um, I, I honestly don't know what the numbers are total. Well, that's not bad. How many ballots are you on nationally? Right now we are confirmed on two states. And we are waiting for confirmation of the third because we actually went for party recognition in the state of Florida, and they haven't finished up that paperwork yet. Uh, but we're also right in on a majority of the states. I forget the exact number because there's still a few that are in process. Well, it takes a little while to get a new party off the ground. There's no question about that. And I think most of us feel like we've been left behind by the uh, Republican Party uh, and the and the Democrat Party, for that matter. But at this point in time, I got to be honest with you, Deacon. I don't I don't think anyone can save the United States, and I don't think that we're going to have another election after this one. Well, I I can understand that perspective, and I've had that same feeling a few times over the years. But what I know is that we can't give up on the concepts of what a constitutional republic are. And if we're not going to fight the corruption and and take it on head first, then I don't know of anybody else that will. And so that's that's really one of the reasons why I'm so adamant about what we're trying to accomplish right now. Talking with Deacon Taylor, Vice President Candidate for the Veterans Party of America. First of all, what's your website, uh, Deacon Taylor? Yeah, it's uh, veteranspartyofamerica.org. And then our, our campaign for the presidential election is ChrisKeniston2016.com, and that's Keniston, K-E-N-I-S-T-O-N. Uh, is he with the Kilroy Project also, or do I have the name wrong? Is that, I'm sorry, say that again, please. Is he also working with the Kilroy Project? I'm not familiar with that one off the top of my head. Okay, uh, the name's similar. Uh, I've got somebody with that project coming on on Wednesday, and it's going to be very interesting. I, I, the name is similar. But uh, nonetheless, um, well, first of all, if people want to join your party, there's nothing that keeps them from helping you out because you're not on the ballot right now, and that means that uh, people that uh, want to work with you, they're not going to lose ballot access. They're not going to lose their ability to vote in the uh, presidential election or the primary. So if people want to get involved with you, what should they do? Well, I think the first thing that they need to do is go to the party website and check out our platform that we've spent years and, and a lot of hours to come together with and to create that's, that's truly representative of what we believe our founders stood for. And that website is the veteranspartyofamerica.org. And then from there, there's places to volunteer. There's places to get involved and become state leaders. There's, there's all kinds of opportunities for folks to get involved in this process. VeteransPartyOfAmerica.org, guys, if you guys are interested. Now, what branch did you serve in, Deacon? U.S. Army, 92 to 2000, sir. U.S. Army. What, what was your uh, MOS? 
I was one of those crazy guys that packed parachutes for the special operations community. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, that means somebody had to trust you with his life. <laughs> yes, sir. And I had to jump out of a few planes myself. I was uh, fortunate enough to get free fall certified while I was in. Wow. Um, I have never jumped out of a perfectly good airplane. I am a pilot. <laughs> but I've never well, jumped I've out. never been on a perfectly good airplane, so. <laughs> uh, oh, okay. Well, there you are. I, I, I trust airplanes. It's helicopters that worry me. As my son in the Coast Guard used to be in a helicopter, he said, helicopters are trying to kill you all the time. It's your job to prevent that from happening. <laughs> I, I would agree with that analogy. I, uh, I had a chance to go to flight school uh, down in Rucker, and I didn't actually follow through with it, but helicopters are something that are definitely uh, much more dangerous than fixed wings for sure. <laughs> well, in any case, uh, Deacon, I appreciate you being with us on the show today, and uh, and I hope that uh, you know I hope that you come back on. I wanted. We, we probably ought to get your presidential candidate on here as well, because actually I would like to grill you on a few things. I'm not going to do that today, but I'd like to grill you on a few things and uh, just find out where you guys really are. Well, we'd be happy to be on and definitely appreciate the opportunity today. Uh, so I will figure out a way to get in touch with you somehow so that we can coordinate that for Chris to come on. All right, well, let's try to set that up for next week. So, uh, Deacon no, Taylor, great. thank you. I appreciate you being a part of the Doc Green Show today, and we're going to be right back after this break. So thank you very much. Thank you, sir. All right, Cutler, there you are, man, just in case you thought I forgot you. We'll come back. We're going to be talking with John Goff. So uh, stand by. It's going to be good.
about Foghat, guys. Foghat got together back in 1971. They were the remains of another band called Savoy Brown. Dave Peverett, a.k.a. Lonesome Dave on guitar and vocals. Tony Stevens on bass. Roger Earl, Roger Earl on drums. And uh, then they asked Rod Price to join the band because he's a great slide guitar player. He left a band called the Black Cat Bones. But Foghat's a truly great band, had a lot of big hits. And this is off uh, one of their later albums, 1975. Probably my favorite one by them is... Uh, um, oh, gosh. Hey, getting a Yeah, I just want to make love to you. Thank you. It's actually a Willie Dixon tune. But uh, anyway, Foghat's fabulous band. I got to see them live. Me and my oldest uh, son, actually, we went to see them live. And uh, we were in the front row. Good time. So we like Foghat. I want to get together now. We want to bring in, uh, want to bring in John Goff. John Goff, how are you? My main man, Doc. How you doing, buddy? Well, I'm doing pretty good. And uh, I've been seeing you, uh, you know, being a part of the show now for a while. I see you in there in the chat room, and I happen to know that you. I don't know that you were actually elected, but I know you ran for federal office, and uh, and I know that you're in Maryland, so you're right in the big middle of it. I mean, you're right down the street from. From Washington, Devil City. I mean, right down the street. And I love your show, by the way. And it's a fabulous show. I, I, I like your topics, your topics, and I, I like what you guys are, are talking about. And um, there's so many different issues that I could uh, bring forth. But the one main issue that I really want to bring across to your listeners is this election is the most important election in the history, I think, of America. I can't argue that with you because I feel the same way. I think this is probably going to be the last election, quite frankly. And you're and you're probably right. And the thing is, now we're hearing that uh, the Obama administration, the uh, USCIS uh, Immigration Services just handed out over, someone said, 18, over 1,800 citizenships to people that were supposed to be deported. Now, yeah, this is a very serious happen? issue. Now, that, now I've been calling Congress, and I've tried calling uh, uh, Speaker of the House, uh, Paul Ryan, and I've, I've not been able to reach his, him at all. Um, I, I, yesterday I called about five times and emailed and left messages on his website that they should shut down the USCIS Immigration Services until they fixed that problem of recovering the citizenships that they illegally handed out. Here, here. They really, yeah, and the, and the one important thing is, is they've got the immigration services working around the clock, you know, and working overtime to bring in more and more foreigners into the United States for the sole purpose of voting in this primary, I mean, this, this presidential election. Uh, yes, I, I completely agree with you. Uh, in, in another time, uh, Jonathan Goff, we would have called this treason and the people committing it traitors. What has happened to us? Absolutely. Absolutely treason. And to me, I think we're in tyranny. And the people of the United States just don't realize uh, how much tyranny we're in. And the thing is, you know, now that we've, we've got the, the, the Justice Department they're not doing what they should be doing. Um, the FBI, they're not doing what they're supposed to be doing. And, you know, for the FBI to exonerate 
um, these things, these acts of this uh, email, emails that uh, Hillary Clinton has uh, uh, actually, you know, got rid of, uh, wiped clean. Uh, this is, to me, she's above the law. And it, it's sad. It's a sad day in America uh, when the people of the United States, you know, have uh, some distrust, you know, in our Justice Department. It's, it's sad. It really is. I just don't know how to solve the problem. It's like the people don't matter anymore, Jonathan Goff. And, I mean, you ran for elected office because you care, uh, and uh, you that's pretty tough. I mean, it's pretty hard to win unless you're a multi-multi-millionaire. You know, and I'm not rich, and I ran for Congress, and, you know, I threw myself out there, and it was very tough because I was going against a very popular establishment uh, candidate, and he's probably – I would say the fifth most powerful person in Washington because uh, uh, he's in charge of writing the checks. You know, uh, it, it's, it was a scary thing for me, and I, and I seriously could not afford it. You know, and uh, I had all we, we had all kind of issues, uh, you know, with the with Ryan for that post because, you know, it was a, first of all, it was the largest district in Maryland. I mean, I had half the state of Maryland. It's the largest congressional district in Maryland. And it was very, very tough for me. Wow. Uh, well, of course, Maryland's yeah. right in the big middle of everything. I mean, that's where where uh, that's where most of the government service guys live, don't they? Yeah, it's it's three fourths Democrat state. Uh, we just got a Republican governor Hogan, um, and he, he's done a fine job with uh, uh, reducing some of the taxes and the, and the toll fees. But one other thing I wanted to mention is. Um, we had a problem uh, in the past with our uh, immigration cards, the uh, permanent residency cards. Mm-hmm. Now, this is what I did. I, I, I called the post. We had, I did a two-year investigation on stolen green cards uh, in America. And right. it took me two years to actually find out where these green cards are actually made out, what states they were made out of, you know, with, you know who makes them mm-hmm. and processes them. And I, it took me two years to find this out, Texas and Vermont. And, and then I find out that uh, they're being stolen out of the mail, and they're being sold from anywhere from five to from five to twenty-five thousand dollars a green card. So yeah. after doing this two-year two-year investigation, uh, I called the Postmaster Inspector General's office in Washington and spoke to the Postmaster Inspector General, and I said, "Look, I said this is a problem we have to fix. This is national security." We don't know who these green cards are, or who's getting these green cards and what hands they're, they're landing up in. So I worked actually with a Democrat uh, congressman, uh, Congressman Craddaville, and him and I worked together on this for two years. And we, we got uh, to the Postmaster Inspector General, and we said, look, you, you're going to have to fix this one way or another. So they were going out regular mail, these green cards. All the green cards across America were going out regular mail. So we had to fix that problem. So what he did in the following week is all the green cards, permanent residency cards, started going out priority mail instead of regular mail. So that was one small issue we we fixed across America. Man, crazy. Well, I'm getting down to my last minute here. Uh, uh uh, talking with Jonathan Golf. Jonathan, uh, you're another guy we need to get back on and talk some more about what's going on in America. But we do agree on this much. Uh, none dare call it treason. 
And uh, they're misreporting some stuff right now on the shooting here in Houston. They're reporting that they found Nazi stuff in uh, in uh, this lawyer's car. Desai was his name. Uh, no, that's not what they found. What they what they found was anti-Nazi stuff in the car. And uh, once again, these guys don't know what they're looking at because, well, they're just regular TV reporters and they don't have any body of knowledge to draw on. If you go to oh, well. the if you go to the McDaniel of the Psy page, you'll see that. But I got to go. That's the end of the Doc Green Show for today. We're going to be back tomorrow, God willing, and I'm not in jail. God bless you. God bless Texas. First of all, God Texas bless, bless God. <laughs> the amazing Doc Green Show is on the air. The political, religious, and medical views presented on various shows heard on American Voice Radio Network are not necessarily the views held by the management of American Voice Radio and are not presented as an endorsement by this network. All statements heard on American Voice Radio are the sole responsibility and opinion of those who speak the particular statement. shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific. Prices have increased over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see these trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, Zimbabwe all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971 when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit Discount Gold and Silver Trading at DGSCoins.com That's DGSCoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188 That's 800-375-4188 Protect yourself and your family.
afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Melody Cedarstrom, and you're listening to Financial Survival. And I'm here with my co-host, Alfred Adisk, to bring you our opinion and commentary on today's economic and political events for Monday, September 26, 2016. Good afternoon, Al. Hi, Melody. Hey, it's Monday, the debate. Oh, everyone. We're having a debate? <laughs> There's a debate tonight. Would you believe really? it? Yeah, unbelievable. I must not have got the memo. Who's who's going to be in the debate? I don't know. These two people, one is uh, sickly and the other one is... <laughs> but it's, uh, you know, hey, it's supposed to have more viewers than the Super Bowl. So what do you think about that? I can hardly wait to see the commercials. But you know what? It, it's, I mean, I'm going to watch the debate. That the best part, you know. I'm going to watch the debate. But I oh, heard a, a comment that, uh, you know, people are... And, 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 and again, it's not negative. It's just an observation. I hear that, you know, the, the reason that so many people are going to watch the debate is because people are waking up. And they want to know and, and support, you know, Donald Trump and, and so forth. Are people really waking up? And I'm sure there's more people that are more in tune to this election than ever before. I get that. This is an unusual election. Is it the most uh, unusual election ever? Eh, you can probably even debate that. But in modern times, yes. So are they, are they actually going to watch because they're more in tune to what's going on in this country? Or are they, more in tu- or are they going to tune in because for entertainment of a reality program? You know, waiting to see who says what, waiting to see if Hillary falls over and, you know, through heat exhaustion and starts coughing or, or, or anxious to see what Donald Trump might, you know, say. You know, so what is the real reason that there's going to be so many people? Uh, I'm going to give you an answer now, Melody. In? Probably all of them. All of them. All That's of them. exactly right. You do that to me all the time. <laughs> I ask, is it this or this or both? Okay, I'm giving you all of Triple. them. Triple. Yeah. It's triple. Yeah. Yeah. Not both. Triple. Uh, well, it's one of those things, but it it is going to be a make-or-break event. And almost everyone seems to be thinking that Hillary is very vulnerable in this debate mm-hmm. and that Trump is almost certainly going to, you know, he's going to win it one way or the other. He'll either be... <laughs> he'll, He'll at least be more likable. He should win that. I mean, Jack the Ripper could have probably won on a more likable situation. But the problem, the thing that bothers me about this is I keep hearing all these reports that expect Hillary to do badly, maybe uh, terribly. All right, if she falls down, can't speak, whatever. I, you know, if it really goes bad and Trump is, it's kind of presumed he's going to win. And that and that bothers me because when everything starts coming in, that, you know, Trump is, oh, yeah, Trump is guaranteed to win this. This is the sort of thing that Hillary could snatch away from him. And it would be, and if she did, nobody expects Trump to be defeated. But if he was, it would be an extraordinary, it would be a turning point in the campaign. If Hillary can get through this 90 minutes of debate and she can hold it together, not do anything foolish, not say anything dumb, not, uh, you know, and not start coughing or passing out or falling down or something like that, 
there's going to be a change. She'll gain five, seven points after the election. And from then on, she might be able to hold it. You know, if Trump kind of falls apart, nobody expects that. And I don't expect to tell you the truth, but it just, it makes me wary when I see almost everybody coming down and talking about Trump's going to do this and Hillary's probably going to fall down. Uh, I just don't like that. Uh, I, I agree. But and we don't expect Trump to do anything, but yet people are tuning in because they're expecting him to do it. You know, we, you <laughs> know what he's going to say if he really wins the debate. Maybe he's going to finish and say, "You're fired." All right, and that'll be the line America's been waiting for. That's what the election is all about. Trump will tell Hillary she's fired, and uh, but uh, so. All eyes are on the election. I think the markets are on the election, and it's um, uh, tomorrow will be an interesting day and everything. But let me get to the gold and silver market today. Gold, it was up most of the day, but it reversed itself basically unchanged, $1,338. Silver was down $0.31 at $19.46. Platinum was down 20 at 1039 and palladium was down seven at six hundred and ninety-seven dollars. The USDX today was oil was up big today, I believe. It's the only one that was. Yeah, if I can. Uh, Not big, but significant. I heard it was up like uh, yeah, up a buck twenty at forty-five, forty-five sixty-eight. Pressure on the dollar, point two two at. Ninety-five twenty-eight. Uh, let's see in the paper markets today. Let me bring that screen up for the listeners. The Dow was down 166 points at 18,094. The Nasdaq was down 48 at 52.57, and the S&P was down 18 at 21.46. 10-year yield that's beginning to drop again, 1.59%, down 0.03. Euro was 113, up almost the same amount as the decline in the dollar. European markets and Asian markets were all down pretty big. Germany was down almost 3%, and uh, probably due to a lot of the Deutsche Bank, their shares dropped to a record low. And its riskiest bonds declined after a media report that the German government wouldn't step in to back the lender. And, of course, that should make investors be concerned about their weakened finances, you would think. But but their shares uh, dropped about 6% in Germany, bringing losses to about 52% this year. And... um, How low can they go before they go broke? How low can they go? Um, there's a lot of talk. They're tier one bonds. The first notes to take losses in a crisis. They fell about two cents on the euro to 73 cents. That's near a seven month low. Um, this is all info that has been compiled by Bloomberg. You know, the CEO officer, uh, John crying, um, yeah, he's crying, <laughs> right? <laughs> to shore up profitability and capital by cutting thousands of jobs and shrinking. And of course, a lot of this has been put at, at risk. Uh, by the U.S. Justice Department as they're requesting $14 billion to settle a uh, residential mortgage-backed security probe. And the Deutsche Bank said, 
we, we're not going to pay it. And uh, so we'll have to see how much of that is negotiated and what happens after that, after they come out and say we're not going to pay it. Uh, Angela Merkel, she ruled out state aid for Deutsche Bank. Uh, that's head of the national election. Why do you uh, think she did that? Save her keister. <laughs> Is you, it just you, that? You'd, you'd, you'd think, huh? Is it just to save? She's afraid she'd receive a bunch of criticism from the German people? Uh, or is Deutsche Bank so deep in the hole that Germany doesn't have enough money to they, get them out? It's not that they don't have enough money. It's that they don't want to throw good money after bad money. So it knowing be. that, it knowing that it might, going well, to, including the yeah. derivatives and the rest of that sort of thing, it may be that nobody can bail Deutsche Bank if it goes down. There may not be enough money in all the <laughs> all the central banks in the world may not be able to put Deutsche Bank together again. Well, let me let me just make a, a point here. This was reported again by an unidentified government official, um, but you know, knowing how much they've declined and knowing they have elections next year, and of course she's. You know, she's heading to the, de- you know, she's sliding because of the uh, immigration yeah. um, uh, problems that they're having. So, you know, it's probably all of the above, Al. Are you doing that to me intentionally, Melody? Are you trying to get even right now or what? <laughs> no, not at all, Al. Uh-huh. <laughs> what? No. Uh-huh. <laughs> but, uh so yeah, I mean, we know the condition of the, the, you know, but again, it depends on how many of those derivatives and if the timing isn't right, you know, they will, you know what, they will continue to bail until they cannot bail any longer. Well, maybe they we can. Just, maybe we, they've already reached that limit. We don't know. Maybe they can't bail anymore. I mean, the European Central Bank has backed away to some degree from quantitative easing. Federal Reserve says there's nothing else they can do with monetary policy. It's now up to the government fiscal policy to stimulate the economy. They're backing up. I have a feeling that the central banks of the world are in general saying, hey, we're out of here. We've done all we can. You know, now it's up to the government fiscal policy. See if that'll work. And uh, So one of the reasons that Germany got hit with a 3% decline, almost 3% decline overnight. Um, you know, we, we just got finished talking about the debate, and many, there's reports saying that if Donald Trump wins, you know, the stop, the wins, just wins the debate. Lord knows what happens if he wins the presidency, that yeah. the stocks are going to tank. Um, don't know if that was a reflection today with a hundred and some point drop today in the stock market. So, uh, um, a lot of volatility that is facing these markets, and uh, it's all good for gold, folks. Yeah. Yeah, there's, you know, we've an article on gold. We'll probably get to it later in the program. Um, just whatever. Here, here it is right here. Ah, it's a little long. It's too long to do right now. Uh, but the, the title is Whatever Happens, Gold Stands to Gain, and they have a point there. Uh, because whatever happens, the dollar is in trouble. Uh, there's nothing that's going to happen that's going to make the dollar stronger for a significant period of time. I know that it can, yeah, it can deflate a little and the rest of that sort of thing. I get that. We've had some deflation in the dollar on the international level, and it can continue. But just the same, 
even medium term and certainly long term, the dollar is a dead currency walking. And if the dollar is going down, what's going up? It's not, you know, it's not tulips. They've done that and didn't work out all that well. It'll be something like gold or silver. Um, we do, what have I got here? You know, there was, let me just, you know, since we're looking for something short, there was something else. And, and again, you know, going out of the Federal Reserve, going out of what's happening at Deutsche Bank, you know, what, whatever happens to the stock markets, here's just something else that could add pressures and, and something that, you know, when we talk about a black swan, you know, just coming out of nowhere, uh, Japan scrambled jets yesterday. After a fleet of Chinese aircraft flew into a strategically important strait near the disputed islands in the East China Sea, Japan sent out the jets after eight of the Chinese planes crossed back and forth over waters uh, between Okinawa's main island and Mayakojima Island near Taiwan. And uh, two of the planes may have been fighter jets. So while the Chinese planes didn't actually cross into Japanese airspace, it was the first time that Japan saw Chinese fighter jets in the strait, in the Mayako Strait. And uh, so, you know, it's everyone is sort of like testing. (laughs) You know, it's like, well, let's just see how far we can go, you know, before something nasty might happen. Or let's let's see just how far we can push. People, the Prime Minister, they, he told the Parliament uh, today that he's looking to improve relations with China, but any unilateral attempts to change the status quo must not be tolerated in the East China Sea, in the South China Sea, or anywhere else. So I'm not sh- so sure when you talk about uh, things not being tolerated, how you can improve relations with the same country. <laughs> but um, well, so. one of the things one of the things that gets me about the seeming confrontation between China and Japan seems like it's building the tension is rising you have the impression because we've heard so much about China in the last several years and China is now at least the number two economy in the world and China is big and massive and has billions of people or whatever billion people um, we led to believe that Japan is just a little outfit but the truth is, Japan is still the world's third biggest economy, so far as I know. And technically, it's not that far behind Japan. Right? This isn't uh, David versus Goliath. This is two heavy hitters, if they care to be. Now, Japan has a disadvantage because its home defense force has not been robust over the past since World War II, because the United States has basically defended Japan. But I don't doubt they can catch up if they care to. It won't happen overnight. But Japan is not a weakling in this situation. It may be that China is stronger, but it's not so much stronger that uh, this is just a pushover contest for China where we'll just knock those little Japanese people on their butts and do what we want to do. I don't think it's that simple. So this has the potential to grow into a really serious conflict. It's not just something like Russia invades Romania. 
the former Soviet Union invades Romania or Latvia. Little country. Well, all right. It's too bad that the little country went down, but this isn't cause for World War III. On the other hand, if the former Soviet Union invaded Germany, that's a big deal. Same thing going on with Japan and China. This is a significant, a potentially significant conflict, and not between two unequal entities, but the second and third biggest economies in the world in terms of an individual nation. The United Nations is, or excuse me, the uh, European Union is may have a larger economy than Japan. But in terms of single nations, Japan, I believe, is number three. So, number three versus number two. Who's favored? All right, this is a little bit like Trump versus Hillary. Which one is going to cough, Melody, if we if we go to a conflict? Yeah, and I, you know, <laughs> you see these headlines. I'm going back to the debate. The debate of the century. Well, the world holds their breath. Why don't you hold that until we come back, Melody? All right. So, Time for some commercials. Melody and I will break for a moment, get a couple of commercials in, and we will be right back on Financial Survival. Please stay tuned. Pandemics will be a part of our future. The question is, how do we protect ourselves? Are you willing to put your trust in an untested vaccine, hoping it kills mutating viruses? Remember, in 1976, health officials tried to inoculate Americans with swine flu, and there was a 300% death rate for those inoculated, and millions were paid out in damages. God gave you a sophisticated immune system, and in times of need, you can make it 10 times stronger. So there's no need to panic. Just get prepared. Call Apothecary Herbs to order your upgraded pandemic kit. You will have eight professional strength formulas offering broad-spectrum immune-boosting protection. Take a stand. Have a plan. Have peace and request your pandemic kit today. Call Apothecary Herbs toll-free, 866-229-3663, or online, thepowerherbs.com. That's 866-229-3663, or thepowerherbs.com. Since the beginning of the United States, kings have sought it, nations have fought for it. It has been traded, borrowed, purchased, and stolen. There is a reason for it. To secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity, invest with the security of gold and silver. Call Discount Gold and Silver Trading at 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Listen to Financial Survival with your host, Melody Cedarstrom, on American Voice Radio Network and Shortwave Radio. Visit DiscountGoldAndSilverTrading.net or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. For the very best in gold and silver trading, call toll-free 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Call now.
Hi, folks. I'm Alfred Adisk here with Melody Cedarstrom on Financial Survival, brought to you by Discount Gold and Silver, 1-800-375-4188. I have an article from Business Insider. Headline is, China may have $2 trillion in hidden bad debt, 10 times more than official numbers report. Now, that's interesting to me because... Guess who else may have 10 times more debt than the official (laughs) numbers report? And it's the United States. According to the official uh, national debt, we are up there pushing up close to $20 trillion. John Williams says the real real national debt is closer to $100 trillion at shadowstats.com. And Congressional Budget Office and economist Lawrence Kotlikoff have said it's actually a little over $200 trillion. If the real national debt, including unfunded liabilities, is actually two over $200 trillion, then it is 10 times greater than the $20 trillion that's, that's claimed to be the official national debt. So here is China perhaps emulating the United States and sitting back and saying, well, if they can get away with 10 times, they can, they can have 10 times as much debt as they report. Why can't we? And that... You know, I say that facetiously, but who knows? Maybe it's part of the way they're thinking. According to the article, it says the real level of bad debt in China might be 10 times the official number, according to the rating agency Fitch. But don't worry. It says that a one-off resolution of those non-performing loans would only cost $1 trillion, or maybe $2 trillion. Fitch says China should be okay in the short term, but... We think the sovereign resources will ultimately be needed to help address China's debt overhang, hence the $1 trillion to $2 trillion estimate. There are two camps of thought on Chinese debt right now. There's the muddle-through camp. Those who believe that while China's debt is growing, it remains reasonable uh, in proportion to the size of its economy. The government is well-placed to manage defaults because it controls so many state-owned enterprises. Well, maybe, maybe not. We'll see about that. But there's a muddle-through camp, and that's kind of what we have in this country for dealing with our debt. Um, there's a percentage of people who say, well, we'll work it out. I don't know. Yeah, it's $20 trillion. Translates into $60,000 for every man, woman, and child in the country. But we can get it done. We can do it. We can handle the situation. We'll muddle through some. And the second camp in China is the crisis camp. And as to say, those who believe that China's debt is so massive and the cost of servicing it so large that it is now creating a drag on the economy as a whole. Chinese finance system is political, non-transparent, and often corrupt. No one knows how damaging or how sudden Chinese debt defaults might be. That's certainly a problem. I, we've talked about it. One of the funniest things I've seen, but it wasn't, it's not funny. One of the oddest things I've seen was back at least a year ago now, maybe 18 months. There was an article on China that pointed out that the Chinese have a habit, a custom of telling people what they want to hear. It's part of their culture. They will lie to you. It's part of their, it's part of the culture over there to maintain Harmony. It's not any different than our culture anymore, Al. <laughs> Some regards, you're right. It's the same That's thing the in way. this country where you got to maintain good self-esteem. 
and uh, make everybody feel good. It doesn't matter what the truth of the matter is, as long as we all feel good about it. Hey, um, um, I don't want to mean to interrupt, but we do have uh, a caller, Elliot from New Jersey. All right. Elliot? Yes. Hello, Hello Elliot. And, and Melody. Hi, What's Elliot. For us? Uh, hi. Look, I'm a definite fan of you guys. I love the way you uh, really kind of beat up on things. It's just kind of funny. I'm sitting out here on the roadside with my dog on my lap trying to sell some fresh eggs that I raised, which I can do when I retire, or I have retired for a number of years. Anyway, what I heard the other day, and I just wanted your just quick thoughts on it. I heard a statement made, haven't done another program, but by a very astute individual who made the statement that all banking is fraud. Modern banking, that's, our, that's, a, that's an arguable point. Yeah. I mean, when you, we live in a debt-based monetary system. The hey. federal government has passed... Hey, Elliot, we got some noises coming from you behind. <laughs> yeah, cars no, going I'm by. Actually, out on the roadside. The cars are going fast. I'm yeah, sorry that's about probably that. what we're hearing of the cars. It's hard for the audio. Yeah, okay. Well, I apologize, but I really just wanted to throw that quick question in. Uh, I'll get off here. This came from a very astute person, and I just wanted right. what you and Al thought about that. We will talk about okay. it right now. Thank you, well, Elliot. Right. Thank you. Have a great day. All right. Thank you, Elliot. Um, Elliot it's, called wants... fractional re... it's called fractional reserve banking now. Well, and a fractional fiat reserve currency. banking. Fiat it... currency. With the government has passed laws to declare that U.S. Treasury bonds are the premier source, are the premier form of collateral that you can use as capital in a bank vault. That's what law. You understand? Well, what that means is it creates an incentive for the banks to buy these U.S. bonds because they can use them, they can put them in, into the bank vault, and they can buy a bond for, let's say, a million dollars. Then they can put it in their bank vault, and then, under the rules of fractional reserve banking, they can use that bond as collateral to, rent out, to lend out currency that's just spun out of thin air by the local banks, not by the Federal Reserve per se, but by the local banks. They've got a bond in the, in the vault for a million dollars. In theory, they can lend up to nine times the face value of that bond. Now, they're not really lending nine times that amount of money because they don't have nine times that amount of money. They are simply creating data entries, accounting entries, and they say, well, we're giving you a check for we're giving this guy a check for 500000 to build a new home, and we're giving another guy a check for $50,000 to buy a new pickup truck or escalator or whatever. And we're, giving, we're, we're, divide, we're taking these checks and we're passing them out to people, but there's nothing to back them up other than the expectation that they will be paid. We are using debt instruments as assets in the bank, and not only are they assets where you can – put a million-dollar debt interest in the bank, debt instrument in the bank, and loan a million dollars? No. <laughs> Even put a $1 million debt instrument in the bank, treat it like it was an asset, and then lend $9 million. There's nothing to back this up. And Elliot's question was, 
One, he'd heard someone say that the entire banking system is based on fraud. And the answer, yes, indeed, it certainly is. Let me give you another example to illustrate well, the point. Let me just make this. If our, if our monetary policy is fraud by a fiat currency, how can a banking system be anything else? I understand. I understand. It can't. Exactly. I mean, it, it's... Go ahead. No, that's exactly right. Let me give you another illustration of the fraud that's inherent in the system. If I write a check, I walk into Melody is, let's imagine Melody's running a hardware store or an appliance store, and she sells flat screen TVs, and I see one that I really want, and it costs $1,000. If I walk into Melody's appliance store and I buy that $1,000 flat screen TV, and I give her a check for $1,000, is Melody paid? The answer is no, she's not. She's not paid until until the, she takes the check from me, deposits the check into her account. Her bank takes that check and runs it back against the other uh, to the other bank where my account is. My bank then compares that check to my account to see if I've actually got a thousand dollars in my account. And if I do, they take the thousand from me to my bank, to Melody's bank, to Melody's account, and Melody has then been paid. And the important point here is that when I buy a flat-screen TV, the $1,000 or whatever it costs is charged to my account, right? No matter what you folks are out there buying, if you're going to do it straight up and legal, the, the bill is going to be charged to your account, to the account of whoever wrote the check. Now consider the Federal Reserve notes. It used to be that whoever issued the notes that we were using for money, that we were using for currency, whoever issued those notes had to redeem them with real money, gold or silver. If you had a note that was issued by the First National Bank of Boston, if that note goes back, you deposit it with a bank in Texas, and that goes to some national clearinghouse and eventually gets back to Boston, Boston's got to cough up $1,000 in silver or $1,000 in gold, and send it back. The bank that wrote the check has to make good on it. And they made good by supplying gold or silver in return for the note, paper note that they put out. The paper note was a promise to pay gold or silver. Government changed that. They said the banks don't have to redeem their their notes anymore, and the only bank that counts anymore is the Federal Reserve. So here's what happens. The Federal Reserve issues these green pieces of paper that we walk around and carry in our wallet and treat as if they were money. And if you get one, somebody gives you $1,000 for a week's work. Cash. You can take that $1,000 down to the local Federal Reserve uh, we got a bank. Couple of, I don't mean to interrupt your thought, but we got a couple right, right. of calls. We got a couple calls. I said, we'll get to them in a minute. You take your thousand dollar, your thousand dollars in 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 Federal Reserve notes. Take it to the Federal Reserve Bank, and the only thing they'll give you are a new set of Federal Reserve notes. They don't redeem the notes that they've put out into circulation. Who redeems the notes? And the answer is you and I do. 
I take those $1,000, if I'm paid $1,000 and I have $1,000 cash, I take that $1,000 because I know I can go to the guy across the street and I can use it to buy his used bass boat or a used car or whatever. I can take it to the grocery store. But when I take it to, when I trade that $1,000 in paper, I'm getting a bass boat from the guy across the street. He's the one who's redeeming the note. Not the Federal Reserve. They don't redeem notes. They just write them. Right? The government works in conjunction with the Federal Reserve, and the net result is they can spend all of this cash, and they never actually have to redeem it. It's left up to the American people to redeem all of these notes. It's like me writing a check to Melody to buy a flat-screen TV, only I charge the check to your account, not mine. I don't know how well it, I don't know how well, that but, how well that describes the problem or one of the problems to you, but these people don't pay their bills. They've got a heck of a racket, and of course we can have big government. Of course, government can take over the world as long as people will keep accepting these worthless pieces of paper and redeem them among themselves. Let's go ahead and get to Joe from Arkansas before the break, Al. All right, Joe, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm doing pretty well. And how are you? Can't complain? What you got for us, Joe? All right. right. Well, I have a question that I wanted to ask you all's opinion on, and that's this. I was listening the other day to a fellow named Larry Kudlow. He's a globalist economist that's on the local AM radio station. And he said that he wouldn't worry about the trade deficit because, he says, it comes back to this country in the form of foreign investment. So I got to thinking about that a little bit. I thought, well, is that such a good thing if it does come back to this country in the foreign form of foreign investment? You know, say that, say we run up a huge trade deficit with the Chinese, as we've done, and the Chinese, they use that money to invest in this country. Well, what does that mean? Uh, for one thing, if they're investing in this country, then that means they want to make money here and take profit out, I would believe. Uh, so it they're not they're doing buying to uh, put money into the economy. They're, they're, they're doing it as a way to uh, take some more money out. And another thing is that, they would be buying up our productive assets, like they would be buying up farmland, I believe, is one thing that the Chinese invest in, and businesses like Smithfield uh, Pork Producers. I understand that uh, the Chinese, uh, there was a hullabaloo about the Chinese buying that um, some time ago. So I imagine so, so that's uh, old traditional American business that apparently is owned by the Chinese now, and so the Chinese are making money from that, whereas Americans used to. And I guess they would invest in things like skyscrapers. And uh, they would rent out the offices in the skyscrapers and take money out of the country that way. You know, whatever they invest in, they want to make a profit from it and take money out of the country. So is it really such a good thing for foreigners to be investing in this country? Yeah, I'd like to ask you all's opinion. Uh, What do you think about this idea that the trade deficit is no problem because it comes back to this country in the form of foreign investment? I got, I, don't one agree. Th- me, I, I got one thing to say to Larry Kudlow. How well has it worked so far? Yeah, right. And, uh, you know, uh-huh. Oh, it's been really great for this country, hasn't it? Show me where. Yeah, it's been great for the bankers. It's been great for Wall Street. That's all he is. He's a Wall Streeter. You know, he believes in, you know, <laughs> you know. So, no. I mean, he's a Wall Streeter, and that's all he worries about. He wants a strong dollar, but you know what? Our government can't have a strong dollar. He just thinks because you have a strong dollar, everything's great, but it isn't. So, yeah, Larry, how well has it been working out for you? Well, it's working out great for the people for that are involved in these investments, but for the rest of the people, it's working out terribly. I don't know how familiar you are with the multiplier effect. 
Joe, you oh, know yeah, what I'm definitely talking about? I'm familiar with multiplier yeah. effects. Yeah. yeah. All right. Here's when I set up a corporation in a foreign country, I can say, oh, you're going to have jobs, you're going to have all kinds of things. When foreign investment comes in, there's supposedly a multiplier effect where if we bring a million dollars in, they get anywhere from three to seven million dollars worth of economic stimulus by bringing outside money in. But when you start taking money out, you're going to get a three to seven time multiplier effect on causing a reduction, a, a slowdown in your economy. Take a million dollars out of the local economy, send it back to some foreign country, you will, you will suffer a three to seven million dollar decline in your economy. And it will be invisible. It won't show up on the books per se. Uh, it'll be something invisible, but it's part of the reason why we set up corporations in foreign countries. They work like colonies. They suck the profits out of the country and send it back to their home country. Now we have foreign countries that are preparing to do the same thing to us. And there's a certain amount of turnaround is fair play in all of this, but it doesn't change the fact that when they start draining this country of profits, we're going to see a multiplied effect on the economy. However much profit they take out, send back to China, will be bad news for our economy. We have to take a break for some commercials. Melody and I will be back in just a moment. We're talking to Joe from Arkansas and Chris from Kentucky is waiting in line. Please stay tuned. We'll be right back. Is your PSA count high? Half of all men over 50 have an enlarged prostate. You can shrink your prostate without harmful drugs or risky surgery. The secret to healing the prostate is to cleanse the prostate and the liver. Call Apothecary Herbs to ask about the Prostate Kit for a comprehensive way to heal and soothe your prostate. Educate yourself on how easy it can be to disinfect, cleanse, and restore your prostate glands. Call Apothecary Herbs for the Prostate Kit and successfully reduce swelling, inflammation, dissolve stones, and cleanse the blood to obtain the results you need. Money-back guarantee with every purchase. Call the experts in organ cleansing. Call Apothecary Herbs now for the Prostate Kit and empower yourself. Toll free, 866-229-3663 for international callers, 704-875-8010. That's toll free, 866-229-3663 or visit the web at thepowerherbs.com. Prices have increased over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see these trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, Zimbabwe all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold 
gold value since 1971 when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit Discount Gold and Silver Trading at DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 800-375-4188. Protect yourself and your family. I'm Alfred Addisk here with Melody Cedarstrom on Financial Survival, and we've been talking to Joe from Arkansas. Joe, did you have anything else you wanted to add? Well, yeah, this multiplier effect explains why the whole world economy is down now. You know, we hear that the whole world economy is in depression now, uh, that that, uh, the Baltic Dry Index, the shipping index is uh, very low. Shipping activity all around the world with world trade is low, lower than it's been for a long, 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 long time, if ever. And, uh, of course, the multiplier effect explains why that happens, because um, because uh, the globalists uh, race to the bottom. You know, the global economy means that uh, uh, everybody in the world that produces raw materials has to compete against the prices of the lowest raw materials produced anywhere in the world. Uh, everybody in the world that's got a job that's working, you know, has to compete against the lowest wages paid anywhere in the world. You know, yeah. basically, uh, everybody that's earning money has to compete against the lowest... Right. Uh, lowest prices and lowest wages anywhere in the world, and so that there's uh, little earned money going into circulation, and therefore I think the, the multiplier the key effect thing, is the key low. Thing to understand, the key thing to understand about the multiplier effect, it's been recognized by Keynesian economists for quite a while, and there's a debate whether it multiplies by three, it multiplies by seven. Some people think higher than that. What the real number is, I don't know, but it has to be there has to be a negative multiplier effect as well as a positive. Everybody says, yes, bring money in here, and we'll get the positive multiplier effect. Yeah, that's right. But when you bring money in from out of this country, you are diminishing the foreign country. They, if we get a seven-time multiplier effect, they get a seven-time multiplied loss. Right? If, we are, uh, if we're bringing our own money back into this country based on deficits and whatever, uh, I would imagine it bites us in two ways. But... The point is, it's got to be a zero-sum equation. You can't have just lo- just gain, 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 gain. It's gain and loss, gain and loss, gain and loss, and they're multiplied every time. Um, Joe, we got to turn you loose because I believe Chris is still waiting on the line and see what Chris has got for us. So hey, thank uh, you for your Alfred. call. Thanks oh, very thanks. much. Uh, well, I have been a long time since I called in with my work schedule. You know, what bothers me, what I'm seeing about these investors with paper, is that you're always protected. You're always going to be safe. You're told there's never going to be a collapse. Oh, yeah. And they, and they always tell you, don't invest in those other conspiracies such as gold and silver. I shake my head. And I say, what in the world is wrong with people? This debt yeah. is, is not going to be paid. It's not going to be paid. And there's no way. I, I, you know, I live far, not far from Fort Knox. And uh, is there any gold in there? I don't think there is. And, and people look at me like well, you could go work. try to break in. Why don't you go down there and knock on the door, see if you can pry your way in? If there's no guards, it's a pretty good indication there's no gold. Um, yeah, on the other hand, if you run into true. a bunch of guards, maybe there is. Yeah, there might be. You know, 
And I, you know, I, I tried to explain this to my own brother. And he says, oh, it'll never happen. If we get the right president, the debt will be paid. And I said, honey, you can't pay this debt. Can't be paid. No. Nope. I know. No. And what kind of news are you all listening to? Like I've said a bunch do. of times, the official national debt right now works out to about $60,000 for every man, woman, and child in the country. That's a quarter of a million dollars for a family of four. That's their fair share of the national debt. How many families do you know that have sufficient assets if they sold everything and come exactly. up with a quarter million dollars in order to pay the debt? 60000 apiece. Not impossible, but not likely. Uh, what's his name at Shadow Stats? John Williams says, no, it's $100 trillion. That translates into, what, 300000 per person? And Kotlikoff in the Congressional Budget Office says over $200 trillion, which translates into something like $600,000 per person. There's no way you're going to get $600,000 out of every man, woman, and child in this country. It just isn't possible. No, So the debt's not going to be paid. The pension, no, people have, the people have been... People have been so conditioned over the years thinking that, you know, the government here, our, our finances here won't fail. We've been conditioned to believe that we have stock market crashes and it always comes back. It always will. It's just like our homes. Our home prices fail. Hey, it's going to come back. And, and they've been conditioned to believe this. And I think they've also been conditioned to believe like there's no association with government to what they pay in taxes to some degree. I, I think there's some sort of a weird, bizarre, um, you know, because, oh, government will take care of it without even thinking that this is money that they have to pay somehow, some way. And it's well, they may not have to pay it, but their children and grandchildren will. Well, the point is the taxpayer, the people. Someone's going to have to pay for it. So they get this connect, and they can't. Who's going to pay for it then? And people, that's why I said they can't. And it's just like they just can't grasp the, the simple... It's the people who loan yeah. money to government are going to lose their assets. Absolutely. Uh, they're the ones that are going to pay. And they do. And Taxpayers aren't because they don't have to it. accept this concept, the, 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 the truth of it. And when you mention that your brother just doesn't, oh, well, you know, it's never going to default. That's, that happens in Venezuela or Brazil or, you know, maybe Zimbabwe, but it's not going to happen here in the United States. That's wrong. It's going to happen. Exactly. It's going to happen going to happen. That's why my grandmother get, stocked up a lot of silver coins. I've got lots of them from the 30s. She knew that back mm -hmm. in the 30s when the mm -hmm. things were changing. And, yeah. I, and it's very important, folks. Mili look at the military. They're, they're, it's, you're not going to be protected under a monetary system. They think that you know the government's going to never fail. They're going to have to you know, live like the Joneses with their pensions when they get out. It's not the case. They can lose everything. No. I've got an article or two here that deal with pensions, and they're talking about what you need to do in order to have a comfortable retirement lifestyle. What I'm looking at right now is I'm not even expecting, I'm not even hoping to have a comfortable lifestyle. If I do, great. What I'm beagling for is a, is a lifestyle where I can survive. We're going to see some enormous problems. And the issue isn't whether you're comfortable. Well, whether you even have some K rations to eat, this is going to be a difficult situation. I don't think any of us are going to just skate through and say, gee, <laughs> that was so comfortable. Uh -uh. I have family members who've worked 38 years, 40 years with Tyco, for Tyco. And they spent all of these years giving most of their money 
to their pension plans. Yeah. Because, you know, Tyco was supposed to, or, you know, if it was rebought or whatever, but now it's Tyco, they, w- they match what they put in. And they built their whole, the, the, all their planning, all their, even through their kids and everything, it was all about their retirement. Their money was, because that was what was important, and they could retire and, and do the things that they didn't do when they were younger. And, you know, it's, it's hard for me to keep my mouth shut and say, you know what, folks, you know, if you're anticipating getting 100% of what's in your, you know, how about uh, reducing it by 70% maybe? Yeah. And it's, but, you know, it's, they've come to believe that that's what they have and they don't understand that it's not real and that there's going to be changes coming. They don't understand that the whole system is geared to deceive us. It's you know, designed to we're fail. Not, we're not telling anything on the program that's necessarily news. The information, at least the fundamentals of the information, have been available for 50 years or more. But no one has really stood up and said, look, you people better watch out. You're trusting a government and a mainstream media and political parties and whatever candidates and nobody has really told the American people the truth in a way that's stuck. And it may be that the American people just don't want to believe the truth. But there hasn't been anybody out there, with the possible exception of Ron Paul, in recent times that's made much of a wave trying to say, hey, wait, you got a problem here, folks. What do you think about that, Chris? You're absolutely right. And, you know, another thing I wanted to bring up is these banks, with the, you know, in this computer age, if they go down, you're not getting your money. Yeah. Look, yeah, look no. at all the direct deposits what money? people do. Yeah. What money? It's gone. It's nothing. Zero. They don't uh, even have money. They have currency. They have currency. digital yeah. currency, and they have some paper currency. They don't have any money. There's no oh, money in the bank. Digital, 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 direct deposit. And they think, oh, it's safe. Digital. Oh, no, it's not. Your computer goes down, it's gone. It's nothing. Yeah, I know. And it's not going to be the bank that's going to say to you, oh, sir, the last record we have is this is the amount of money that you have in our bank. Uh-uh. It's going to be up to the, the depositor to prove. The people are going to have to prove. Mm-hmm. People are going to have to get attorneys. They're going to, it, it will go to litigation and everything else. So and it will be resolved in probably just four or five years. And, you, and people you will be happy. To last you for that amount of time. People will be happy to get thirty percent of their money back. Yeah, that's probably true. To get anything. To get anything back. Yeah. But the sad thing is, they don't have to lose anything at all if they were smart. If they tried that's to true. understand. Yeah. yeah. If they understood as much as your grandmother did, Chris. Yeah. I don't remember if you said your mother or your grandmother was. My, was yeah, my grandmother. Yeah, grandmother. She was an immigrant. She understood. She was an immigrant from Austria. She and, you understood. Know, Good. She understood. Immigrants know you can't trust these governments. They understand that. That's why they come here, because they know they can't trust their own government. They're not likely to trust another one. Stack that silver. Stack that gold. Yeah, but what happened over the years in 1971 when the silver was taken completely gone? Everything. Gold. And they think this monetary system is going to keep us safe to these next millennials? Think they're going to be, well, I'm fine? Mm. No. You've mm. got a, just a avalanche of destruction coming at the big bubble. That's what's coming. Absolutely. And, that, and what, like, what do you think Trump can do, assuming he was to win election and be, and be elected president of the United States? Do you think he can good. save this economy? 
I don't think he's not going to get that debt paid off. I don't think it's going to be. That's going to be a real challenge. And, and I don't think it's possible. Good. I don't think it's a challenge. It's like yeah. flapping my oh. arms to see if I can fly. Well, it's problem, it's exactly more than is. a challenge. Well, the problem is if you start addressing that the debt and everything, everything else is going to fail. So I mean, it's you know, it's it's just it's all you know, it's so connected. and It's just not here in the states. You start addressing those problems instead of just you know. QE into to eternity, you know, it's going to affects everyone around the world because everything is so connected anymore. I don't see any winners anywhere. I don't see anyone coming out ahead unless you own gold and silver. We have to be self-reliant because when South Africa get get some storable food, filters yep. and water and gold and silver, it's, it's it's very important to do that because you don't know when to, you your whole city can collapse and what are you going to do? The yep. stores are going to be run out. They're going to be out in three days. You're not going to get any water. You've got to get some water sources. You've got to be prepared for things like this. Yes, it can. What are you going to do for water? I've got a water filters, and I've got a stream out back. Okay. And, All right. You're um, in good shape. I've been thinking. I haven't done it yet, but I've been thinking of purchasing a dehumidifier. They oh, have really? yeah. the systems where it'll pull the water out of the air, and they allegedly can do it even in even in dry in dry weather and deserts. They can still get all right. Now, it assumes that you have electricity, all right, but you can do that with solar. And in theory, pull water out of the air and then run it through a filter, you know, and if you want to. Well, it's, yeah, it's something. Yeah. It's something. In a worst-case scenario, it may sound a little strange to people right this moment, but in a worst-case scenario. Sense. makes a lot of sense because you may not have any power. The water yeah, that's the problem. Water's down. So you have to have some solar to make that uh, to make that uh, that uh, dehumidifier work, and they make machines that'll do it. They don't. They're not just dehumidifiers. They make machines that'll do it. They're fairly expensive. You can get a dehumidifier, a couple hundred bucks. It'll generate, according to some sources, I don't know, ten gallons a day. Excellent. I'm right getting yeah. them, they're knocking right. this down. All righty. Well, we appreciate the call, Chris. Anything Thank you else? For the call, Chris. Anything else you wanted to comment on before you go? Well, I'll call, I do listen to the show. I work so much, but I listen to the I listen to the rebroadcast every night. So it's a, I'm getting more Thank and more you, educated, and I appreciate you both. Thank, Thank you, you Chris. very much, Chris. Thank you. Thanks for listening. You're All right, Melody. We are down to what minute ninety seconds. We got ninety seconds left. Is that what we have? I believe we do. One eight hundred. Are you going to sing or dance? Well, no, I'm going to give out one eight hundred three seven five forty one eighty eight. We got some great prices on all our gold and silver. We didn't put together any specials, but everything is a special at this price. You know, I always discount it, but you have to give us a call in order to get those great prices for great product, great quality product at discount gold and silver. And uh, gold is great. I believe. Uh, you know, people say, well, which is a better investment, gold or is silver a better investment? You know, and I, I think you have to look at the individual. Uh, you have to look at what's suitable for you. And I don't, I don't think one is better than another. I think they have different purposes. I think they have different fundamentals. And I think that's how you should buy them. But, and also, what do you believe? What is your own personal objective when it comes to purchasing gold and silver? So it doesn't, uh, the key thing is that you make the decision to purchase gold and silver. 
Get yeah. one or the other. You know, we yeah. can debate which one is better, but get one. Get they are one both the they other. are both better than almost anything else. Any you can other point paper. To. Exactly. So yeah. you know, don't get caught up in what's better than another. Just get caught up in giving me a phone call at one eight hundred three seven five four one eight eight. All right, Melody. We have had our our daily radio program. We're out of time. Thank you all for listening. We'll be back tomorrow. In the meantime, the good Lord bless you, me, Melody, Frank, the producer, Chris, Joe. Who's the first person we talked to today, Melody? Joe. Joe, Elliot. first one? No, Elliot. Elliot. Elliot was the first one. Now, the good oh, Lord bless my. Elliot also. All right, folks, thank you. See you tomorrow. all night, I work all day to pay the bills I have to pay. Ain't it sad? Still, there never seems to be a single penny left for me. That's too bad. religious and medical views presented on various shows heard on American Voice Radio Network are not necessarily the views held by the management of American Voice Radio and are not presented as an endorsement by this network. All statements heard on American Voice Radio are the sole responsibility and opinion of those who speak the particular statement. that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific. Prices have increased over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see these trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, and Zimbabwe all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold 
gold value since 1971 when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit Discount Gold and Silver Trading at DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 800-375-4188. Protect yourself and your family. You just defended yourself with a gun. The police are called, and you're potentially involved in a homicide, but it was self-defense. At this point, you are not in your right mind. No one ever is when they are in fear for their life and defend themselves. Anything you say can and will be used in a court of law, both civilly and criminally. Fortunately, you have SelfDefenseFund.com. We are the National Association for Legal Gun Defense, and we protect our members nationally in all 50 states, up to $1 million per incident per member. Let us do the talking for you and visit SelfDefenseFund.com. Any weapon, any state, any time. Most people realize their body needs clean water to function properly. Pure is the cleanest water, also known as distilled water. Some frauds pushing fake science and ignorant people repeating their disinformation and half-truths will tell you distilled water leaches minerals from the body. What they fail to tell you is distilled water only attracts and flushes inorganic minerals from your body. These are minerals your body cannot process and can interfere with your proper body functions. Distilled water does flush these inorganic materials from your body and is an effective and natural way to cleanse your body. ABR sells a distiller that distills one gallon every three and a half hours. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com, click on the Superstore, go to the distiller, check the pricing and how to order, and watch the video explaining in detail why distilled water is pure water.
right, good afternoon all. This is the Frank Report. I'm your host, Francis Stephan. You are listening right here on American Voice Radio Network. It is Monday, September 26, 2016. And if that's when it is where you're at, we are, in fact, live. Well, it's 2.08, so you'll have to check your clock, too, because, well, it could be evening time, but it isn't. So anyway, if it's afternoon and uh, you hear this, well, we're live. 800-932-1980 is the call-in number. You can call in, get on the show, get on the air. You can also go to our website, theamericanvoice.com or americanvoiceradio.com. Anyway, uh, so uh, I just got something here that I, I, I don't know. Okay, well, anyway, so anyhow, theamericanvoice.com or americanvoiceradio.com. We have a uh, chat room there. You can participate in it. Um, You don't have to. I mean, if you don't want to, you don't have to. You know, this is not a chat universe, okay? It's just there for your use, that's all. I mean, hey, I enjoy it myself, so it's there for my use too, but mainly that's what it is. It's just there for people to use so they can communicate with each other, maybe pass on what's going on in their neighborhood and their life around them, how the New World Order is... uh, dealing them in, but you don't have to. Plus, you can just go in there and socialize if you'd like to. Anyway, let's get to some things and stuff. As you know, the debate is on this evening. Well, it's much anticipated, that's for sure. Now, what... (laughs) What do you think is going to happen? Hmm? You think Hillary's going to, like, collapse? You think she's going to go into a coughing fit anytime she's asked a question she doesn't want to answer? <laughs> There's my answer. i got to go. We'll see. It certainly will be interesting. You think maybe Donald Trump will say something stupid? Just mean, that where everybody goes, Oh, my gosh, did you see the mean thing he said? Oh, that mean Donald Trump. You know, really, that's the only... Well, not the only. I, I There are some people out there actually, you know, exposing some of Trump's business practices, which are... Yeah, they're, there's, I view them, in my opinion, as borderline. Okay? And I only say borderline because in an honest world, they, they wouldn't be borderline. They'd be over the line. But given the state of things and how business is run in America, anything he's done, at least that I'm aware of, has been, you know, right up, right up to the edge, man. And you know what? Whether you like it or not, if you want to succeed in business, that's what you have to do. You've got to drive it all to the line. You're not supposed to cross the line, of course, unless you've bought yourself enough senators and enough congressmen, and maybe even a president or two. Then, ah, that line doesn't apply to you. But for the rest of everybody, you know, you don't cross the line, but you've got to go right up to it, because if you're not going right up to it, and all your competitors are, hey, guess who's losing? That would be you. 
Yeah, and I know it's unattractive. It's not very nice, uh, but that is the state of business. So if you want to be in business, that's the way you do. You want to succeed, that's what you got to deal with. And that's what Donald Trump deals with. And some people have exposed some of the things he's done and go, hmm, that doesn't seem very nice. That doesn't seem very good. And it isn't. But then you look around and you see, well, how does every, how do his competitors stack up? Oh, and then you'll start realizing, oh, I see. So we live in uh, the mafia state, right? Yeah, pretty much. That's pretty much it. But really, the big thing on most of the media against Donald Trump is, and they say, well, he's not eligible, to, he's not qualified to be, he's not, he'll nuke everybody if you insult him. Really? You mean because a man will stand up and say, oh yeah, really? You want to call me names? You want to go after my wife, you sneak, snake little weasel called Cruz, who now has endorsed Trump? Oh, what a big thing he did. You know, he took a pledge. Every one of these Republicans took a pledge. And I'm telling you, the head of the Republican committee, he can't do much about the pledge other than say, you know what? You don't you took a pledge to do this. You don't do it. You're not you're out of the party. You are out of the party. What do you think of that? Now, a lot of us would say, who the heck cares? Fine, kick me out of the stinking party. Your stinking party stinks anyway. Bunch of rhinos. But guys like George Bush, Ted Cruz, hey man, they get kicked out of the Republican Party. They got nowhere to go. Do you think what? They're going to be a Democrat like Bernie Sanders? No. See, Bernie's a communist. He fits right in. Cruz? Mm, not so much, man. Bush? Mm, not so much there either. So what is the, you know, what's the big deal? Ted Cruz supports Donald Trump now endorses him. So what? He, you know, he pledged he would. Doesn't mean anything. The only thing he's saying is, look, Donald Trump will make better choices for Supreme Court nominations than Hillary Clinton will. That's Ted Cruz's basic, you know, support of Donald Trump. Which, hey, it's better than nothing, but you know what? What took you so long, Ted? You took a pledge. And the other Republican, like that dirtbag governor from Ohio, Kasich, oh yeah, they all took a pledge. See, they took a pledge when they thought the pledge was all about Donald Trump not running in a third party. Right? That's what they were afraid of. And then it backfired. He's the nominee, and now they don't want to support him. That just goes to show what a bunch of backstabbing liars that they are in the Republican Party. And by now, especially you Republicans out there ought to know this. Because they have sat and smiled right in your face and told you lies and then went and did what they wanted to do. Remember the last election cycle? Yeah, you remember that, right? When you all went out and voted 
the Republicans, majority of the Senate, majority of the House. And why did you do that? You Actually, you built a bigger majority in the House. Why? Well, because the Republicans promised you, we're going to stop Obamacare. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. We're going to stop Obama's immigration thing. We're going to... And they didn't do anything. Okay? They haven't done a thing. They lied straight to you just to get your votes. See, the Democrats don't lie. They get up there and tell their people exactly what they're going to do. We are going to steal more money from working people to give it to you poor slugs out there. So vote for us and you'll get a check in the mail. Eh, They can couch it in any way they want, but that's basically what their message boils down to. You want free stuff? You vote for us. Is it because the Democrats care about the poll folk? No, it's not because they care about anybody but themselves. But they do want to destroy the middle class of America. Because why? I know this is hard for a lot of people to understand because you haven't, well, a lot of you have, but some of you have not read up on the, com- the worldwide communist revolution. Get some of their literature that they were writing in 1917 through the 1930s and 40s and 50s. See, now you don't have to read anything from communists. You can just read the Democratic platform now. That's where it all came from. And their goal is to destroy the middle class, destroy the working people, and make you all workers, like little worker bees. Or big fat cows pulling the plow. Whichever way you choose to look at it, that's what they've got in mind for you. Use you up until you're done and then dispose of you. Oh, and take everything that you might have earned. Because, well, we can't be having nothing being left in inheritance to your children. Oh, no, that would be wrong. So, what's the big deal? The big deal is, well, Trump's a meanie. He's a big meanie. That's, that's really the big reason that he's not eligible. He's not qualified. He's not this. He's not stable. He's not any. He's because he's a meanie. He said mean things to people. It just happens those people shot their mouths off to him first, and then he replied and slammed them into the ground. Oh, well, oh, that's a shame. You pick the fight with somebody who can whip your behind. What a bummer, huh? Maybe you should be more careful when you're out there picking fights. You see, that's not what the Democrats want, though. They want to be able to pick a fight with anybody they want. You're not allowed to say anything. They're allowed to say anything because it's all fair because, well, they say so. Well, Donald Trump has has said things that, I, I mean, I've even, you know, opened my, my, raised my eyebrows from time to time. Not that they were so shocking, like I've never heard anybody say anything like that before. Oh my gosh, my ears, my ears. No, I've heard plenty, and I've heard plenty worse, and I've said plenty worse. And the thing is, it's just shocking to see somebody in the national spotlight saying these things. And what's even more shocking is the fact that the American people are supporting him. 
Now, I agree. I want somebody who get up there and, you know, hey, man, you want to pick a fight with me? Fine. It's on. I just don't want somebody out there looking for a fight. But if it comes your way, man, end it quickly. But that's the big deal because, oh, he's a meanie. Well, how about this article here? Efeminism and the war on boys. Yep. Today I am coining a new term. And by the way, folks, well, I'll save the by the way till the end. Today I'm coining a new term, effeminists. These are misguided, if not malicious women, who have an agenda to emasculate men and erase masculinity from our culture. They have progressed beyond feminism into effeminization of what historically and culturally have always been sacrosic. Little boys being nurtured and encouraged to develop and grow into well-rounded and healthy men. It was always the job of mothers to make sure their baby boys left the nest in 18 years and made their way in the world as men they could be proud of. Not anymore. Some moms seem preoccupied with scoring political points by turning the little boys into little girls and cutting them off from masculization. In our politically correct and increasingly totalitarian society, where anyone who chides such developments or steps outside the ideological left's approval-taking points, talking points, sorry, we as individuals are never allowed to voice any opposition to the transformation of little boys into little girls. But it is worth risking the ire of the social justice warrior hordes to push back against the effeminists. And then it goes on, five reasons I'm teaching my son that he is a boy. Well, I'm not going to go into it because, folks, if you don't know the difference between a boy and a girl and how to raise a boy rather than a girl or vice versa, because I don't think turning girls into boys is a good idea either, then you shouldn't have any children, okay? Sorry, if you don't know the difference and you can't tell and you can't, well, what's the difference? Well, if you don't know that, you really don't, you shouldn't have children. I know, you're offended. Well, oh, too bad. So there you go. Oh, and the by the way with this article, this was written by a woman. Okay? <laughs> anyway, so you might think, well, you know, I don't see that going on. What's the big deal? Blah, blah, blah. Well, I've got another story here. If I could just find it, I'm looking. I'm looking here because I've got another story here where, you know, it, it, is, it is just, it, it, it talks of this subject in a real life, you know, deal. Well, here's something close. <laughs> Actually, this is the one. KU. Now, you know what KU is. Probably not. Neither did I. It's Kansas University. Okay? It's major. It's a major university. I mean, for crying out loud, they've been in the, uh, they've, been, they've won the national championship in college basketball. So they must be a big college. And they must be a good college because, well, everybody knows a good basketball team directly means everybody's smarter there. Uh, 
Well, okay, maybe not exactly, but uh, anyway, it's a big college. Now, you're going to think this is a spoof, okay? It isn't. I have checked this out, and it's a real story. Uh, Hey, what can I say? Kansas University bars gorillas from jungle-themed decoration due to masculine image. That's right. Uh, Okay, well, an RA at the University of Kansas. Now, I'm not sure what the heck an RA actually is. I, you see, this is coming from campus reform, so I guess everybody at colleges know what an RA is. And, boy, that makes them smart, doesn't it, that they've got their own little code that only they understand, and uh, that would make them smart, right? Well, they got to give them something because, really, these people can barely fill out an application to get a job. So, I mean, they got to have something that they can lean on to say, well, I'm smart, I know what RA is, and you don't. I'm smarter than you. Okay, well, anyway, whatever an RA is, one of them at the University of Kansas was advised against incorporating an image of a gorilla into a jungle-themed floor decoration because the animal apparently represents a very masculine image. Really? What about female gorillas? Couldn't we put a female gorilla there? Oh, I don't think you better call a female gorilla masculine. You might ruin that gorilla's self-esteem if you did something like that. Hmm? Well, I mean, if we're going to be stupid, let's be really stupid, all right? In an email obtained by Campus Reform, a university employee with the school's student housing department writes to a resident advisor, ah, so now we find out what an RA is, who wishes to remain anonymous, well, of course. To explain to him that he cannot use an image of a gorilla for routine floor decoration. I think it would be best if your floor chose a different theme animal to be more inclusive. Assistant Complex Director Dale Morrow wrote in an email at the start of this academic year. Hey, maybe it's time for Dale to go find another job somewhere. You know, somewhere like in the theater where he can be around homosexuals and and stuff. You know, I mean, really. Because he goes on. First, gorillas represent a very masculine image. And I feel that this would not be inclusive to all our residents on that floor. Ah, he feels. I see. That means you got no facts. You have nothing factual to base your position on, but you feel, okay, never mind, you feel well. Morrow went on to add that the image of a gorilla could reinforce stereotypes, but fails to stipulate exactly what sorts of stereotypes he's referring to. Really? A gorilla? A stereotype? Well, who could that be? I mean, is, is this guy some kind of racist or something? I mean, really. He says, second, this animal could be triggering to some people. Now, this is how he does the stereotype thing. Second, because the first thing is it's too masculine. Second, the animal could be triggering to some people as there are stereotypes that surround this animal. 
uh, oh, by the way, I, I need to point this out. He misspelled there. Okay, he used the wrong there. He used T-H-E-I-R instead of T-H-E-R-E. Yeah, this is a guy who works at a college. Gee golly, I wonder why kids are dumb coming out of college. Mm, they've got idiots teaching them to be idiots, apparently. Well, anyway, he continued, noting that all the RA would need to change is the picture and the words. Is that all? Well, let's see, a floor decoration, only the picture and the words. What, what else is there? Okay, you've got pictures and you've got words. What else do you have, pinatas or what? what gorilla pinatas, what is there? There's only pictures and words, right? I mean, I'm not a floor decoration expert, but uh, what else is there in a floor decoration but words? And pictures. <laughs> An acquaintance of the RA, who also wishes to be re remain anonymous because everybody's so brave in America, explained to campus reform that the gorilla was used as part of a jungle-themed decoration for a hallway and was not put up as a solitary image. Okay. Do you think maybe... Political correctness has gone a little too far. Do you think maybe when we live in a society where our universities are teaching people that, oh, you can't, you can't have a floor decoration of a gorilla because it's too masculine. What? Oh, and it's a stereotype. I'm not going to tell you of who or what. Really? Uh Okay, folks, there's a problem in our schools. If you don't know that by now, you really haven't been paying attention. But you know what? I'm going to keep bringing you examples because it's really not that hard because there's so many. But we're going to take a break right now. We'll be back in just a bit.
have shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific. just defended yourself with a gun. The police are called and you're potentially involved in a homicide, but it was self-defense. At this point, you are not in your right mind. No one ever is when they are in fear for their life and defend themselves. Anything you say can and will be used in a court of law, both civilly and criminally. Fortunately, you have SelfDefenseFund.com. We are the National Association for Legal Gun Defense, and we protect our members nationally in all 50 states, up to $1 million per incident per member. Let us do the talking for you and visit SelfDefenseFund.com. Any weapon, any state, any time. has a mustache
Report. I'm your host, Francis Stephan. You're listening right here on American Voice Radio Network. And it is still Monday, September 26, 2016, about 2.38 out here on the Pacific Time Coast. If that's when it is where you're at, we're live. 800-932-1980 is the call-in number. TheAmericanVoice.com or AmericanVoiceRadio.com is our website. Everything you need to know about this network is found there. Plus, you have the opportunity to uh, chat with other people that are at least somewhat like-minded or, you know, uh, ask questions or make comments to the show. They're having a pretty interesting discussion in there right now about the possibilities of the debate. You know, what if Hillary uh, does have a medical moment? You know, what happens then? And, you know, they bring up interesting things in the uh, chat room about the, uh, you know, the pity vote. Oh, what if Hillary has to drop out? Well, you know, people have also speculated, what if Bill dies? I, You know, I, I think if Hillary drops out for medical reasons, some people may actually, more Democrats would probably vote Democrat, regardless of who it is, because you know what? There's a whole pile. Now listen, folks, and when I say a whole pile... I mean, listen to me, over 50%, because Bernie Sanders beat Hillary Clinton, okay, in the primaries. Sure, she got a lot more delegates because she bought them off, man. That's the super delegate way. Those people, you don't, they're not there because you won an election. They're there because you paid them. You bought them. That's what a super delegate is. So you take away the superdelegates, you give Bernie Sanders back a million shredded votes from California, and all of a sudden, he's winning. But let's just call it tie. 50% of the Democrats out there are not happy with Hillary Clinton stealing the primaries from Bernie Sanders. They're not happy with the DNC. They're not happy at all. They're less happy with their party than Republicans are with theirs. And I don't think Republicans are all that thrilled with their party at this moment. So, there is a real danger if she drops out. Because more people will say, well, okay, now I can vote Democrat again because that witch isn't there anymore. So, you know, that's a really good observation uh, from the chat room. And that's the kind of stuff, folks, you can go in there and participate with. Now, let's let's get back to a... I've got a, something that Melissa sent me that I didn't know anything about. Maybe you don't either, but we're going to get to that in a second here. But I want to stick with uh, my subject line here, which is the debate. Okay, it's happening tonight. It's the big news. Everybody knows about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Here's a little thing. So, no ear mics allowed for debate moderators. But uh, what about the candidates? You remember... Uh, Hillary wearing an earpiece. You'll remember, oh, who was it? 
in one of the uh, Republican debates, the clown had this, like, backpack under his, uh, you know, under his suit. I mean, it was obviously a transmitting device or, hey, I don't know, maybe something keeping his heart beating. But, as we see here, a voter in Maryland wrote Federal Elections Commissioner Matthew Peterson on September 8th, seeking a clear response to that question. Quote, I read reports that during the televised event questioning each of the candidates on their qualifications as service commander-in-chief that Secretary Clinton had a microphone in her ear to receive prompting and guidance from advisors offstage, wrote Lawrence B. of Columbia, Maryland. And for whatever reason, they feel it necessary to put in here a check of his name and address of the Maryland State Board of Elections Internet site verified the writer's identity as a registered voter. What difference does that make? You know what, folks, whether you're a registered voter or not, whatever these clowns end up doing is going to affect you. And for you people out there that say, oh, well, uh, if you don't vote, you got nothing to complain about. No, if I don't vote, I got everything to complain about. You're the one that doesn't have anything to complain about because you know what? You voiced your complaint at the election box. Oh, yeah. Hey, I want this one. I don't want that one. There's your voice. You're done talking now. You've had your little vote. For people out there that don't vote, that don't want to participate in it, uh-uh. The complaints are just starting. But anyway, he goes on, quote, Surely this is more serious violation of competition than the doping which the Olympics have had to clean up. Can you please confirm that your commission will take conclusive steps to ensure that no such cheating takes place during the debates? And that's it. When he received no response to his letter, he wrote again, September 21st. I've got to say, I'm really discouraged not to have received a confirmation from you or your office that your policy will be disallowed the two candidates to wear ear microphones. Am I to interpret your lack of response to mean that such behavior will indeed be accepted? That correspondence got an immediate and lengthy response in legalese from an attorney with the FEC. Of course, if you can't dazzle them with brilliance, baffle them with BS, okay? Good afternoon. My name is Ruth Hellitzer, and I am an attorney with the Federal Election Commission. I have been asked to respond to your email to FCC Chairman Peterson regarding your suggestion that presidential candidates Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump be prohibited from wearing ear microphones during the upcoming presidential debates. The election, the Federal Election Campaign Act of 1971, as amended, and commission regulations require that the contents of a complaint meet certain specific requirements. Did you hear anything about a guy complaining? He just wants a clarification. In particular, a complaint being writing, sworn to and signed in the presence of a notary public and notarized. Unfortunately, your email did not meet these requirements. If you wish to file a formal complaint with the commission, you must follow the requirements set forth. And really? So I got to dance through all these hoops to keep the presidential candidates from cheating. Really? Because, folks, that is cheating. All right? When you go to a debate, you go to a debate, not you and your whole team. 
I mean, if that's the case, send a monkey up there. Who cares? Just send a recording. Why don't we just get one of those cardboard cutouts of Hillary Clinton, right? And we just put it up there on the stage and put a speaker next to it. And every time anybody asks her a question, the speaker can just answer from somebody in the back somewhere. Hmm? I'm serious, folks. It is cheating. It's a huge cheat, as a matter of fact. But, see, these people have gotten so used to cheating. Because I'll tell you something else. I consider, in my opinion, that reading somebody else's speech like it was yours is also cheating. Oh, now look, I do not consider kiting clever phrases from someone else's speech uh, a, a, a big bad violation. I don't consider that plagiarism as long as you, you know, mention that, you know, I got this from or as so-and-so said, or something like that. Because a lot of valuable things have been said by people in the past, and there's no point in reinventing the wheel. If they, if they said it perfect the first time, just repeat it and say, like he said. But no, that's not what they do. They get up there and they pretend like it's all theirs. And it isn't theirs. None of it's theirs. Somebody who's paid to write speeches writes it for them. And it's been going on a really, really long time. And it's cheating, in my opinion. And this is even bigger cheating. Anyway, so they go on and on about all the stuff you got to do. But the persistent citizen gave it one more ch chance here. And he says, quote, As a lawyer, I'm sure you can differentiate between a complaint and a request for a clear statement of rules. My email is seeking the latter. I would be very grateful if you could let me know whether or not there is a clear rule prohibiting candidates from wearing earmics, and if so, whether or not it is your intention to enforce that rule. He has yet to receive a response. Carlos Greer, the commission on presidential debates, sent out a message to news organizations on September 9th banning devices that would allow presidential debate monitors, moderators to get directions from their news teams. <laughs> well, so, what? The guys asking the questions aren't allowed to lie, but they're not allowed to cheat, but the presidential candidates are? Oh, boy, this is going to be something to see tonight, boy. And, and check out their ears and see if they're cheating. Anyway, let's see here. So, have you heard about the biggest prisoner strike in U.S. history? You haven't? Me either. So right now, Melissa sent me this, and jeez. Now, I've been griping about the prison industrial system for 10 years, or, or, or probably more, probably more like 15 years. When Oregon did their three-strike thing, or minimum uh, sentencing guidelines, I started griping about it. I even had a guy on once a week, and it was, uh, you know, it was basically local, local as far as Oregon, because he, his, his subject, his deal was prison reform, uh, sentencing reform, chapter, uh, what was it, Measure 11 reform. And he had boatloads of facts about what a bad 
plan this was, and, and not just because it seems like a bad plan, that bad things could happen. It was because bad things were happening a lot. Well, now, 15 years later, we have the, the biggest prison strike in U.S. history. But, I don't know, I don't see it on Drudge. Well, not yet, I don't see it on Drudge. And when I say not yet, the strike started September 9th. So it's not like it just happened this morning. So, okay, how many prisoners are on strike? The strike's organizers had originally expected prisoners in 21 states to participate. So far, they say that prisoners in at least 29 prisons in 12 states have launched strikes, and more than 24,000 prisoners have missed work. Now, <laughs> when you're talking about a system that's got like 3 million people in it, that's not a lot, but it's something. In Florida, protests erupted in four facilities last week, and a small group of inmates refused to follow orders at one facility, according to a Florida Department of Corrections spokesperson. The prisons were placed on lockdown, but resumed normal operations September 12th. Prisoners at the Kinross Correctional Facility in Kitchcloe, Michigan, refused to report for kitchen work, forcing correctional officers to provide bag food for lunch and breakfast the next day. 400 prisoners marched peacefully in the yard for several hours. You know, listen, folks, all the marches and everything else, it, it's just, look, no, I won't work. Sure, you want me to go back to my cell? You want, you know, you know you, you're in prison, okay? Let's not forget that. You're in prison. You don't want to get completely too out of control. But fine, I'll follow your orders, except I will not work. See, that to me, that's my policy from day one. No, you can throw me in a cell by myself from now until hell freezes over, but I will not work for you. So that's what's going on. And you're not hearing about it. Golly, I wonder why. Yep, largest strike in U.S. history has been going on for nearly a week. But there's a good chance you haven't heard about it. That's another headline from a different story. So there are places out there actually reporting on this. But it's not anything on Drudge. Not yet, that is. Okay? Speaking of Drudge, I'm looking at a picture right here. <laughs> it's... It's Hillary Clinton trying to get in her car. Well, it's not a car. I guess it's an SUV. Yeah, she she's having serious problems, man. This woman is not in good health. You know, so I uh <laughs> I don't know, man. Anyway. Hey, guess what? It's okay. It's okay. You know, you can force bakers to bake cakes for sodomite, transvestite, other freaks of nature. Oh, that's okay. You can force them. Take away their business if they won't. But what about this? Walmart refused to make a police officer's cake. Why? Because the cake is like a... Because, you know, this isn't on... I'm looking at it, Okay. It's dark blue, 
which I don't know. I I don't like eating blue food. To me, blue, I, I mean, okay, if it's blueberries, I get that. But anything other than blueberries, I'm just thinking food shouldn't be blue. But anyway, so it's dark blue, and then it's got a, a lighter blue stripe right in the middle, going lengthwise. And then on the top section, it says blue lives, and then on the bottom section, it says matter. Blue lives matter. This is a cake, right? Well... And you know what? Let's see here. As shown in a photo posted, uh, Walmart attempted to remake the cake and originally refused to decorate. The result looked terrible, the police officer's daughter said. It didn't look professional. And i got to say, it really doesn't. It looks like some child did it. It really does. It looks like some child did it. Oh, but Walmart's apologizing for refusing to make a police officer's retirement cake last week after an employee told the cop's daughter that her thin blue line cake design might be considered racist. The police officer's daughter... So, wait a minute. Wait a minute. When did police officer become a race? the heck went on this weekend? Did something go on that I missed somewhere? I mean, really? So now police officers are a race? Boy, this takes the whole title of nobility to a whole another standard, doesn't it? I mean, really? Now they're a race. I, it might be racist. Well, yeah, maybe if police officers was a race, you moron. Get me your manager. Anyway, the police officer's daughter's remaining anonymous, because we're all so brave in the United States, I'm telling you. Yeah, land of the free, home of the brave, woo, everybody's anonymous. Uh, She went to uh, Walmart in McDonough, Georgia, on Thursday to ask for a cake with the American flag in black and white uh, with a blue stripe added. But one of the employees at the bakery balked at the common police officer emblem, telling the woman the design could be perceived as racist and nobody feels comfortable decorating the cake. Huh. When she asked for a simpler cake with just one blue line on a chocolate background, the employee said she didn't feel comfortable with that design either. I asked her, is there something wrong with cops? The employee again refused to make the cake. You know, this is the time when you go, and you know, why isn't somebody suing Walmart? I mean, hey, they sued those other cake non-makers for the homos. They sued them right out of business, didn't they? Time to sue Walmart and sue them hard. Because you know what? They don't have a leg to stand on. Because for one thing, police officers aren't a race. Okay, so it's not racism. So what is it? So if I'm not allowed to say, and listen, as you all know, I am not a huge supporter of police in general. But for crying out loud, I mean, you know, really. So if I'm not allowed to say, well, I want to cake, you know, uh, Blue Lives Matter or whatever, oh, you can't have that. Well, so, but I can have a Black Lives Matter cake. What if I say, um... Uh, you know, um, girls matter, or boys matter. Uh, no, nope, that's not allowed either. That's sexism. 
So nobody but black lives matters, right? And that's okay, but everything else is racism or sexism or some kind of ism, right? This is BS, folks, and we need to put an end to it. And if it, if, and if it has to be putting a rope around Walmart's neck and choking them out of existence through multiple lawsuits, then that's what it's got to be. But, you know, we're all so brave and all that. We all want to be anonymous and just crawl back under our chair or something. And, you know, that, that we're going to get what we got coming. And the only thing that's going to be good about all that is all you hiding under your chair? Well, you're not going to be around very long once everything gets going. Okay? Yeah, you'll be dead. That's what it'll be. That's what I'm saying. You're not going to last. Because you know why? You're a coward. That's why. And cowards don't last. See, cowards think they're going to last by hiding and running and, you know, screaming like a girl or something like that. Maybe you can hide in a women's bathroom or something and pretend you're a transvestite. But at the end of the day, you're going bye-bye. And that's the way it's going to be. Sad to say, I'm not looking forward to it. As a matter of fact, there was another conversation in the chat room about a book about, you know, the end of the world sort of thing. You know, and the question was, how long do you think it's going to last? Once the, you know, what do you think, how long do you think it'll be before people start killing each other for food once there's no more food on the shelves at the store? I said one week. And I believe that. It's not a good thing, folks. I'm not looking forward to it. You better prepare. You know. Anyway, gotta go. I'll be back again tonight. Thanks for listening. Everything's changing. Nothing goes on like it did before. I want to know. The political, religious, and medical views presented on various shows heard on American Voice Radio Network are not necessarily the views held by the management of American Voice Radio and are not presented as an endorsement by this network. All statements heard on American Voice Radio are the sole responsibility and opinion of those who speak the particular statement. shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific.
people realize their body needs clean water to function properly. Pure is the cleanest water, also known as distilled water. Some frauds pushing fake science and ignorant people repeating their disinformation and half-truths will tell you distilled water leaches minerals from the body. What they fail to tell you is distilled water only attracts and flushes inorganic minerals from your body. These are minerals your body cannot process and can interfere with your proper body functions. Distilled water does flush these inorganic materials from your body and is an effective and natural way to cleanse your body. ABR sells a distiller that distills one gallon every three and a half hours. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com, click on the Superstore, go to the distiller, check the pricing and how to order, and watch the video explaining in detail why distilled water is pure water. Prices have increased over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see these trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, and Zimbabwe all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971 when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit Discount Gold and Silver Trading at DGSCoins.com That's DGSCoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188 That's 800-375-4188 Protect yourself and your family. You just defended yourself with a gun. The police are called, and you're potentially involved in a homicide. But it was self-defense. At this point, you are not in your right mind. No one ever is when they are in fear for their life and defend themselves. Anything you say can and will be used in a court of law, both civilly and criminally. Fortunately, you have SelfDefenseFund.com. We are the National Association for Legal Gun Defense, and we protect our members nationally in all 50 states, up to $1 million per incident per member. Let us do the talking for you and visit SelfDefenseFund.com. Any weapon, any state, any time. Constitutional Crusaders show on the American Voice Radio Network. I'm your host, M. Roy Ben Shadler, constitutional counselor and still all-around pain in the rear end to bureaucrats and petty thugs all over. Today is Monday, September 26, 2016. Yes, it is debate day. Ha, ha, ha. Do you think there's really going to be a debate? No, of course not, but I digress. Uh, the 3 o'clock hour out here on the left coast, uh, 
If you're listening some other time zone, obviously, you're going to have to adjust your clocks accordingly. And, of course, this is a live call-in show. Calling in is not necessary. Thinking, however, is. We do give that exemption to members of Media Matters, the Southern Poverty Law Center, as well as those government agents that are paid to listen to this show, because, after all, if we required them to think, that would create a hostile work environment which is obvious by who they're watching and what they're doing for a living that they obviously can't think. Anyway, if you'd like to call in, the number is real simple, 1-800-932-1980. Or you may send a message directly to your host via Yahoo Instant Messenger. You're going to have to use the new Yahoo Instant Messenger, but it's still the same old ID of KC7AQK. There, now I got all that out of the way. As is our want, we like to open this show with the wisdom of the ages, otherwise known as the dead white guy quote. Whenever you find yourself on the side of the majority, it is time to pause and reflect, end quote. Now, what Mark Twain was trying to tell us is to use some critical thinking skills to determine if being in the majority is a good thing or not. My 50-plus years of observation of the human condition tells me that most of the time it is not a good thing to be with or in the... majority. But that's just my humble opinion, friends. But that's why you've tuned in here, is because that's what most of this show is, my not-so-humble opinion. Okay, we have 21 pages in today's show newsletter, your calls, instant messages, and whatever else happens to come across the transom, including a little quizzy I'm going to do a little later in the show. And we'll get to as much of it as possible right after this little disclaimer. Warning, this show may be hazardous to your paradigms if you are a whiny, crying, liberal, pinko, commie bedwetter, an inept, overpaid bureaucrat, or are still mad over Reagan's tax cut. Should you fit into any one of the above categories immediately have your friends tie you down for some truth therapy continue this therapy until you can dismiss your delusions and can deal with reality if you cannot handle 100% pure unadulterated truth this radio show will not be held responsible for your predictable discomfort And welcome back to the show. I was having a little difficulty finding my unmute button. (laughs) Wouldn't do me much good to try and talk to you if I still had it muted. Uh, There we go. I need to send a little something. There we go. I did. Um, Remember, my friends, 
My job is very simple. It is to comfort the disturbed and to disturb the comfortable. As uh, you know, you might have told, been able to tell by my wisdom of the ages dead white guy quote today, I am not interested in awakening the masses because the masses have made it clear that they're not interested. I'm here to connect like minds and awaken those that want to learn. See, it's real simple. You can continue to support this show, or for a great many of you, begin to support this show. Because if you don't, well, you know what the end result is? The show and the network goes away. So, real simple, you just go to www.theamericanvoice.com and you click on the support the show's links. They're easy to find. I don't have to hold your hand. Go looking for them, and you'll find them, and start to support this show, okay? It's just that simple. Okay, again, today is debate day. Thank you. Today is debate day, and so, obviously, we're going to have a lot of news and information about some of the people, some of the people, because it's not really going to be a complete debate. Uh, it's just going to be a debate on those that are political masters want us to have the illusion of choosing between. Yes. So let's talk about skewing numbers, shall we? Hillary said, we cannot end terrorism without gun control. Now, my friends, I warned you all oh, about two months ago that the narrative on gun control was going to change. And I told you how it was going to change. Now, for those of you who were around and heard this, you'll see that I have been proven correct. Here we go. In response to a question from the AARP Bulletin, which really should stand for Armed and Really Pissed, but it doesn't, unfortunately. Hillary Clinton made it clear her position that to be successful, policies for ending terrorism must include gun control <clears throat> for all Americans. Now, of course, now we, we know that when she says all Americans, she does not mean all Americans. She means just those that we choose to select, okay? So... The ARP Bulletin asked, what would you do to address terrorism? She responded by saying, well, these are legitimate fears. I believe that people are rightly concerned about violence. Terrorism is part of that violence, and we have to do the best job we can to keep America safe. So I've laid out a very comprehensive plan about taking on the terrorists, going after them where they operate. Now, keep that in mind, my friends, and stick around to the end of the show, because I'm really going to hit hard on that statement that she just said. So let me say it again. She says, I've laid out a very comprehensive plan about 
taking on the terrorists, going after them where they operate, doing everything we can to take away their territories so they can't mastermind attacks from afar. Okay, keep that quote right there, that one line, firmly in your brain, because I'm really going to show how she is, well, you know, how do you tell when an attorney is lying? Their lips move, and her lips were moving when she said this. So, ergo, you've got it figured out, I hope, by now. Uh, And I'm going to show exactly how and why. But continuing on, she says, but we have to go after them online because that is where they recruit, radicalize, and direct attacks. Now, Let's, let's, let's take these three things and, and dissect them. Recruit. Hmm. You're listening to me right now on this show. I am recruiting you to think for yourself. But recruiting you to think for yourself uh, is not something that Hillary wants you to do. She does not want you to think for yourself. So that means I'm radicalizing you. Oh, wow, now i got two strikes against me. And direct attacks. Oh, yeah, even though I never have told you to do anything, uh, especially in the way of trying to harm others, I'm sure they'll figure out a way to say that I'm directing attacks also, so that will be one, two, three strikes, you're out. Mm Mm-hmm. And then she concludes by saying, and we need to do a better job of getting there early, rooting out people who are vulnerable and preventing that from happening. Yeah. She then added, yeah, she wasn't done yet. She added, but I'm looking at violence broadly. Oh, stop for a second here. Remember, the question was, what would you do to address terrorism? And this has been her answer, okay? Notice she's not really said anything about terrorism. Now, for those of you who may not have been very long-term listeners to this show, I will tell you, because those that have been long-term listeners already know where I'm going. Funk and Wagnall's New Practical Standard Dictionary, plus just about Every other dictionary published before 1950 will tell you that terrorism is a system of government that seeks to rule by intimidation. So ergo, since that's what terrorism is, a terrorist is a government official. So... She says, you know, she's looking at violence broadly and says it's also why I've advocated gun safety reform. Like, here it comes, my friends, comprehensive background checks, closing the gun show loophole, closing the online loophole, because you know it's not only terrorists we need to be worried about. Terrorism is part of it, but gun violence kills 33,000 Americans a year. We've got to get serious about stemming violence and terrorism in every way we can, end quote. Hmm. 
First off, California has comprehensive background checks. Therefore, the state does not have a gun show loophole or an online loophole, but they did have the December 12, 2015 firearm-based terror attacks and the more recent high-profile murder-suicide on the UCLA campus on June 1 of this year. The same may be said of Paris, France, which has background checks that are even more comprehensive than those in California. And Paris has no gun show loophole or online loophole, but they did have 12 people killed on January 7, 2015, firearms-based attack, and another 130 killed in the November 13, 2015, firearm-based attack. Second, Clinton consistently makes the false claim that 33,000 Americans are killed by gun violence each year. She initiated this claim in a political ad that first ran in April. Now, Breitbart News responded by showing that 66% of the 33,000 deaths cited by Clinton were actually suicides. For example, the overall number of firearm-related deaths in 2013 was approximately 32,888. Of these, the number of accidental deaths was 505, and the Center for Disease Control and Prevention reported the number of deaths due to actual, quote, gun violence, end quote, was 11,208. Yet, when Clinton repeats these numbers, she adds... Accidental deaths and homicides, which equal 11,713, then adds the 21,175 firearm-related suicides, rounds the number off at 33,000, and names gun violence as the cause for all these things. You see how it works, my friends? This swells the number of gun violence victims in an attempt by Clinton to justify more gun control. Surprise, surprise, surprise. And the liberal, lamestream media, of course, just eats this up because, after all, that's what their job is. Hmm. From the surprise, surprise, surprise department, we read most Clinton emails to be released. After the election. <laughs> you thought she was going to get to read them before? <laughs> nope. 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 By the way, early voting has already started in some states. Just, just, just so you know, you see. So even if they were released today, they're still being released after the election. Because, well, as I said, early voting has already started. In fact, voting has already started for all foreign-based, you know, foreign-based um, uh, operations of the United States military, whether that's Air Force, Marines, SEALs, Special Forces, etc. doesn't matter. If they're out of the country, they've already started their voting process. So, you know, if the, these emails were released right this second, it's still being done after the election. So, we read Dateline, Washington, Reuters, 
Most of the emails the FBI recovered during its investigation – boy, that, that's a laugh. Investigation? Using the word investigation and Hillary Clinton in the same sentence with FBI? What? What are these guys smoking? Boy, I really want some of that stuff. That must be some really good stuff there to be able to write a sentence like that. But anyway, I digress. Uh, uh, the investigation, here we go, of Hillary Clinton's use of private email system while Secretary of State will not be made available until after the November 8th presidential election under a timetable set by a judge on Friday, the Wall Street Journal reported. The judge ordered the U.S. State Department to finish processing 1,050 pages of materials for release by November 4th, just days before Americans go to the polls, the Wall Street Journal said. The paper said the material was out of what could be as much as 10,000 pages. Under the schedule set by the judge, there will also be pre-election releases on October 7th and October 21. The State Department will process 500 pages per month after that, the Wall Street Journal reported. You know, I got a better idea. I got a better idea. The judge should have simply said, sorry, Mrs. Clinton, since you have delayed this for so long, your name cannot appear on the ballot until all of these things are released. So, if you can get them released well before Election Day, then we'll let your name be on the ballot. But, no, the judge wouldn't live to see the end of the week if he did that. So, the State Department is responding to dozens of lawsuits brought over the Clintons' use of private, home-based email system while she was the agency's top diplomat. Boy, that's a laugh, especially when you consider what I'm going to tell you in the law school segment of today. The top diplomat from 2009 to 2013. The timetable announced on last Friday, was in the lawsuit brought by Judicial Watch, a conservative group that has filed multiple lawsuits to obtain government records related to Clinton's tenure as Secretary of State. Quote, the State Department voluntarily agreed to produce to Judicial Watch any email sent or received by Secretary Clinton in her official capacity during her tenure as Secretary of State, which are contained within the material turned over by the FBI, agency spokesman John Kirby said in a statement. Yeah, 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 mm-hmm, right. <sighs> My friends, do I really need to say it again? The fix is in. I, I am reminded, I just keep thinking about that great, great movie. In fact, I'm thinking about watching it again just because of all this crapola. The Sting, Paul Newman, uh, Robert Redford. If you don't know what I'm talking about, go watch it, my friends. And watch that movie and think about what was going on here. It's just like that movie. The Big Sting. And we, the American people, are the suckers. Yeah. Why? 
Why do I say things like that? Why am I so disparaging toward the American public? Well, could it be headlines like this? FBI is handing out deals like candy. Cheryl Mills and two other Clinton aides get immunity. Let's see how far we can get on this before the music starts playing. We're beginning to think the entire, there's these words again, FBI investigation and Hillary in the same sentence. FBI investigation into Hillary's private email servers was just a ruse to grant immunity to her entire staff. According to the AP, the House Oversight Committee has just learned, oh, it's amazing how they just learned these things, just learned that Hillary's top aide, Cheryl Mills, was also granted immunity along with John Battelle, the director of the State Department's Office of Information Resource Management, and Heather Samuelson, a Clinton aide. Now, for those of you keeping count, We are now aware of a total of five immunity deals offered to people directly involved in the Hillary email scandal. You want to hear the five? Sure you do. Number one, Cheryl Mills, Clinton's top aide. Number two, Heather Samuelson, Clinton's aide. Three, John Battelle, Director of State Department's Office of Information. Four, Brian Pagliano, Clinton technology aide. And finally, number five, Paul Combetta, the Platte River Networks. There's the five. Now, the chair of the Oversight Committee, Jason Chaffez, Republican Utah, expressed his complete disbelief for the number of immunity deals granted in this investigation. Per the report out of The Hill, Chavette said that, quote, he has lost confidence in this investigation, noting that immunity deals should not be a requirement for cooperating with the FBI. Yeah, exactly, my friends. Exactly. This is beyond explanation. Oh, we have an instant message. Let's see. What do we got here? Let's see. Quickly, quickly, quickly. Um, The question begs, what is the point of immunity? If no one ever gets prosecuted. Exactly. Exactly. Remember what I said a little while ago. We now know that... uh, Oh, no, no, I haven't gotten to that yet. I'm getting to that. I'm getting to that. I'll give you a little hint. Remember when B.O. said he wasn't aware of the private email server? Yeah, see, that's actually going to be my little quizzy a little later in the, in the show. So I'm giving you a little bit of heads up to think about this, okay? Right? No one gets prosecuted. Why is that? Hmm, yeah. I'm going to talk about that a little later. <laughs> yep. And I'm, I'm really relishing this, my friends, because I'm sure there's some of you out there that are scratching your head going, huh, what, uh-huh. But those of you that have been paying attention, I, I see you out there, you're raising your hand, I know, I know, pick me, pick me, yep, I know, I know. It's, those of you that are capable of engaging in critical thinking skills, you already got it. And good for you. It's good. It's good. It's a good thing. You know, I'm, I'm not going to hand out a candy or pat you on the head or anything, but it's, it's, a, it's a good thing. Because that makes you more aware of what's going on around you than, well, about 98% of the rest of the country. And that's 
really sad. Seriously, seriously sad. You're listening to the Constitutional Crusader Show on the American Voice Radio Network. Don't you go anywhere. We will be right back. vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific. Five four one eight eight. That's one eight hundred three seven five. 
4188. Listen to Financial Survival with your host, Melody Cedarstrom, on American Voice Radio Network and Shortwave Radio. Visit DiscountGoldAndSilverTrading.net or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. For the very best in gold and silver trading, call toll-free 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Call now. Constitutional Crusader Show on the American Voice Radio Network. I'm your host, M. Roy Ben Shedler, Constitutional Counselor, and still all around pain in the rear end, the bureaucrats and petty thugs all over. I want to start give you a little bit of a heads up on October 17th, three weeks from today. I will not be here. Uh, for those of you that are long-term listeners of this show, know that uh, July of last year, I shattered my left arm and d- nearly, nearly, I'm holding my fingers like three, my thumb and my index finger on my right hand about three millimeters apart from each other because I'm saying it was nearly that close to me losing my left arm at the elbow as well as lose just simply losing my life in the process also and so it's been a long road back to healing and i'll be in a seminar certification seminar down in the southern california area so if you're in or around long beach uh that weekend uh uh, in the evenings when I'm not in certification classes and you'd like to get in touch, well, give me a call, drop me an email, uh, you know, what have you, and we'll see uh, if uh, we might be able to get together and just say hi and put faces to uh, some listeners that might be in that area. I know I've got a bunch of listeners down there because I see the little red dot on the uh, geography map of who's listening to this show all the time. Uh, that are in that area. So, but anyway, I digress. Back to Hillary and her um, <clears throat> immunity things going on here. So, as I said, Jason Chaffez, Republican from U- Utah, just says th- about this immunity deal, the five people being granted immunity, saying this is beyond explanation. The FBI was handing out immunity agreements like candy. I've lost confidence in this investigation, and I question the genuine effort in which it was carried out. Immunity deals should not be a requirement for cooperating. The latest immunity discoveries were first revealed by the AP in the following tweet. Here it is from the Associated Press saying, Congressman, FBI gave immunity to Hillary's ex-chief of staff, Cheryl Mills, in now-closed email case. Now, for those of you who <clears throat> do not recall the specific involvement of Cheryl Mills and Heather Samuelson in the Hillary email scandal, here is a brief recap. Shortly after providing the initial set of Hillary's emails to the State Department in December 2014 or January 2015, both Heather Samuelson 
and Cheryl Mills requested that all emails be removed from their computers using, quote, a program called BleachBit to delete the email-related files so they could not be recovered, end quote. Now, per the excerpt below from the FBI's investigation notes, Mills was also the Clinton aide who instructed Paul Combetta, you know, he's the O. <clears throat> oh, well, it's what he said, so I'm going to say it too. He's the oh shit guy, if you don't remember who that is, where he was instructed to modify Hillary's email retention policy to 60 days. In other words, get rid of everything that's older than 60 days. You know, can the FBI just save us all some time? And admit that they that literally everyone interviewed in this case received an immunity deal from the DOJ? Hmm? Can they? Hmm? Now, here comes the quizzy, my friends. I told you there's going to be a quizzy coming, and here it is. There is one thing, of course, we learn, and we did learn from all this. And do you know what it is? We did learn one very important thing from this dump here that, that we've found out these things. About that private email server. Are you still not remembering? How about what B.O. said about it? Still not remembering? He said, if I may remind you, that the first he knew about it was when he read about it in the papers. Now do you remember? Yeah. It was during a whole string of things that he first learned about in the papers causing many to joke or question if maybe Tom, I was under fire in Iraq, Brokaw should be POTUS instead. Well, now we know from all this that not only did B.O. lie like Tom Brokaw, as B.O. sent and received many emails through this account, even using the fake name Hillary used. And, like I said, oh, I first learned about this by reading about it in the papers. It was a complete and total surprise to me. Shazam! There it was! Yep. Yep. But now we read these emails, and we find out that he was involved in it. <laughs> Even using the fake name. Because remember, she used a she created a, a code name, a code name in case somebody might hack it, so they wouldn't know that they were talking about her. Right. Uh huh. Right. Hmm. I, I'm just shaking my heads, my friend, because it's like it, 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 it's the level of incredulity of these people. It's just it's astounding. It's just absolutely astounding. If they were an ocean, my friends, and you went wading through their credibility portion of the ocean, you would not get your ankles damp. That's how shallow they are, my friends. Okay, from the you don't say department. <laughs> really, seriously. You'll you'll understand what I'm saying here in just a second here. The you don't say, really? 
Angela Merkel admits bringing in Muslim refugees was a big, fat mistake. <laughs> okay, say it with me, my friends. Now, now you know what it is. Okay, here we go. You don't say. Very good. I heard that. <laughs> Germany's Chancellor Angela Merkel has been the biggest proponent of bringing in as many Syrian refugees as possible, adopting a literal open borders policy to bring in the migrants. This quickly turned into a horror show as crime was unleashed into German cities with thousands of sexual assaults and other violent crimes being reported over the last year. The German people had apparently had enough of this rampant crime in Germany because they just dealt a crushing blow to Merkel's conservative Democrat Party and voted them out by a large margin. Merkel then took to the stage to track as much as she could, citing that the immigrant crisis could have been avoided and that she regrets the mistake she made, also referring to multiculturalism as a, quote, living lie, end quote. According to the Daily Mail, they reported it this way, my friends. <clears throat> Speaking to the party faithful, at its annual conference, she repeated her catchphrase from throughout the migrant crisis of, we can do this, but effectively admitted Germany could only cope if she wrestled back control of the influx. Quote, a continuation of the current influx would in the long term overwhelm the state and society, even in a country like Germany, Merkel said. The leader, once known as the Iron Chancellor, won rapturous applause after announcing the Volte Foss. That's an about face, my friends. However, she resisted calls to set a limit on the number of arrivals, saying, quote, We want to and we will noticeably reduce the number of refugees in this conference in Karlsruhe, and concluding with, with an approach focused on the German, European, and global level, we will succeed in regulating and limiting migration, end quote. Hmm. Mrs. Merkel attempted to defend her August decision, which drew hundreds of thousands to Europe, claiming it was a humanitarian operative. She appealed to the party's sense of history, saying that the same strength that allowed it to rebuild from the rubble of the war to create the economic miracle and to go from division to a reunified country would get Germany through the crisis. Hmm. Yeah. She said she was banking on a multi-pronged approach to cut migrant numbers, urging bolstered protection from the bloc's external borders, support for Turkey to host refugees long-term, and a long-shot bid for a distribution scheme among EU member states. She also touted a range of measures already undertaken in Germany, including speeding up the deportation of failed asylum applicants. Now, on that note, my friends, I hope that she does not hire 
the same people from our State Department that granted citizenship. If you didn't hear about this, my friends, this will get your blood boiling. Granted citizenship to, now was it just under 800 or was it just under 900? It was it was a pretty good number, my friends. I can't remember whether it was just under 800 or just under 900. People that were on the deport list who took advantage of a fact that I think was deliberately fed to them, my friends, a fact that their fingerprint files had been lost or misplaced, and therefore they applied for and were granted citizenship. And now, of course, the lamestream media comes out and says, well, now that citizenship has been granted to them, we can't take it back. <coughs> bullshit. 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 <coughs> uh, crap. My friends, their granting of citizenship was based upon fraud. I will remind you that in the law dictionary it says fraud vitiates. That means erases, makes as if it had never happened. Vitiates the most solemn of contract. And getting citizenship, applying for and then being granted citizenship is a very solemn contract. But the Supreme Court has stated that fraud vitiates even the most solemn of contracts. So, you know, this whole thing about, uh, you know, oh, well, we can't take it back because we granted it to them. Well, what would that say to the people of the world if we were Indian givers and we just gave it out and then took it away on a whim? No, not taking it away on a whim. We're realizing that fraud vitiates the most solemn contract. There was fraud involved, so therefore there was no contract. There is no citizenship. But that makes way too much sense because that would actually follow the rule of law. And we already know from this administration that following the rule of law is just not in their vocabulary, okay? Yeah. Now, where was I? Oh, yes. Merkel. She concluded, she touted a range of measures already undertaken, speeding up those, oh, that's right, the deportation of failed asylum applicants, that's what I said. Then she said, Mrs. Merkel, who has been the country's leader for a decade, tried to paint an upbeat vision, saying it was no longer the sick man of Europe and should be a country that is open, curious, tolerant, and even exciting. Yeah, I would imagine. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not trying to be little things here, so don't get pennies in a wad here, okay? But I would imagine that if you're a woman and you're being raped by a bunch of Muslim, uh, filthy, dirty men who um, have left their wives that are their first cousins back home because they've come to Germany to invade you, I would imagine that being raped by them, gang raped, is pretty exciting, Oh, you mean that isn't what Merkel was meaning? Oh, oh, I'm sorry. It's the first thing that came to my mind based on, well, this thing called history. Yeah. Well, it's nice, though. Oh, let's give it here. It's nice. 
really, seriously, it's nice that she recognizes this, but it's too little too late. See, it came as no surprise to anyone who's even thinking about voting for Trump, you know. But then again, it's getting tiring to say, I told you so, so many times to so many different people. Seriously, it really is. After all, Hillary is still full steam ahead on not only keeping it up, but increasing the number of migrants into this country. So there's no telling what could happen if she's allowed to win the election. So, you know, as uh, someone said, can't remember who it was. Oh, yeah, he was the, he was the senator from Canada. For, for Texas, right. We have to stop her in November by storming the voting booths and voting with our consciousness, our consciences. Conscious. There we go. Just single conscious. But multiple people, and they're conscious. So, consciences. You get what I'm saying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay, related. Related news. Related to what I just told you about. State Department admits... ISIS posing as refugees trying to get into the U.S. Remember what I talked about, the 800 or was it nearly 900, right? Mm -hmm. The State Department spokesman John Kirby was on Fox and Friends, and he let the cat out of the bag. The Obama administration knows ISIS is trying to pose as refugees, but they're still bringing them in. By our own FBI director said in congressional testimony that we cannot properly vet the refugees. you got to watch this video, my friends. I wish I could show it to you here, but this is radio, so I can't. So instead, I'll just let you know that I have the link right here in the show newsletter. Now, some of you, I'm sure, when I say this, they go, what do you mean show newsletter? What, what, what show newsletter, my friends? For those of you that support this show, and you know who you are, when you support this show, you let me know that you support this show, and you show that you're that you're making you know monthly donations of at least five dollars a month. 50- Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.